Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. I'm coming for all of you! Right now there's a 15-year-old sophomore in high school who has no idea they're studying nursing just so they can wipe my ass in 17 years. I'm 50 and single. That's a fantastic combination. I'm going to spend my golden years dating a handful of spit and a jug of Astroglide. Hey, what's happening, Mike Schmidt, 40-year-old boy podcast? I must admit I'm a little thrown off right now because, uh, you know, I came home from doing the show last week in Chicago. If you haven't heard last week's episode, tune in. It was a three-hour extravaganza, and it was on location in Chicago at David Hernandez's Mexi Park, I think we're going to call it these days. Uh, that's what he's dubbed it. It used to be the cat house. It used to be in a basement. Now it's Mexi Park. It's in the loft. You know why? Because Mexi Jefferson is moving on up to the north side, straight up, to the deluxe apartment in the fucking sky, baby. Uh, so here's the deal, man. I am a little thrown because I came here and then I've set up my, uh, you know, I recorded in my house. I'm back in California and it is very hot in California and you can probably hear the humming ceiling fan above me because I couldn't bear to record without it because I'd be sweating like a motherfucker. Not that I won't be anyway because folks, I work hard for you. Please, please, please. I'm the hardest working man in show business. God damn it. I'm the hardest working man in podcasting business, in the podcasting business, in the business of podcasting. How many times can I say that? How many different ways? Uh, maybe I'll compile all the different ways and then send them out to you in a newsletter. Who wants to sign up for my MailChimp that I haven't used in a million years? You know why? Because it doesn't cost me money. If I pay money for something, I use it. Ask the people at MoviePass who I've paid fucking nine months for and never used. Never fucking used! Can you believe that, folks? I like movies, and I'm paying $10 a month to see them essentially for free, and yet I still don't go. Because I convince myself there are other things that I have to do. There, I convince myself that I need to stay home and I need to watch Great American Baking Show. I need to watch people make muffins and tarts. There was a woman who made a tart tartine the other day with uh, with uh, like pineapple in it. I was like, yeah, who puts a pineapple in a tart? But then it looked delicious. And uh, and the very sexy Paul Hollywood was like, ah, blimey, I like it. He probably didn't talk like that. Uh, but Mary Bradley said, scrummy. Oh, this is scrummy. She doesn't talk like that either. She's kind of skeleton-wise. Skeleton-y. skeleton Is that a thing to say? Uh, So here's the thing. I mentioned that I'm thrown off. I'm trying to clear uh, in in case, because I can't hear. (laughs) Maybe it's for the best. Actually, maybe this is a good thing. You know, I tell you, I'm always all spitty and smacky, and I can hear that stuff. And uh, and you people are very nice, and you're writing me, and you're like, dude, we don't even know what the hell you're talking about, man. And I guess I need a windscreen or something like that, because I have a sock, as you know, that goes over my microphone. Uh, A cashmere sock that I was told was going to keep all the unnecessary noises out. Uh, the only necessary noise, of course, being the ceiling fan and my voice in that order. I can't do the show without either of them, folks. Uh, but I, I hear a lot of like smacking and spitting and, and all sorts of nonsense. And I don't know if I talked about it on the air with David last week, but he he told me he hears it. He's like, yeah, I hear exactly what you're talking about. Because other people are like, dude, I don't know what you're talking about. But he's like, no, I hear every fucking drip and smack and all, all of it. So I'm trying to, uh, I'm being a little backed off the microphone today, hoping that it helps. Uh, but also... 
last week when I was at David's house, I had to do a bunch of different things. Like we had to be in a mono track uh, in order for both of us to be recorded. And I had to do like the, the midi, whatever the, I don't know, midi chlorians. I had to do that. Unfortunately, George Lucas came to my house or he came up to Mexi Park and he helped Mex and I get the midi chlorians all straightened out so the two of us could be on one track. No, we had to record in mono last week uh, because otherwise we wouldn't have been able to be on the same track because in stereo it split us into two separate tracks uh, and then you got uh, David in your left and me in your right and we're crossfading and we're doing all that nonsense and then look I'm not Grandmaster Flash I can't come crossfading at you I can't go back and forth and across uh, I'm not LL Cool J living in your radio and I'm st- on the left I'm on the right standing on the eject I can't be that now uh, I want to come to you smoothly. I want to. I want to. I want to bang in both ears at the same time. Damn it! Not not one in one ear, one in the other. David and I got a spit roast. Oh no! I guess somebody a spit roast over in each ear. Yeah, we didn't want to spit roast you. We didn't want David in your right ear and me fucking you in the left ear. We wanted to just come smoothly into both ears. I didn't mean come smooth. That sounded awful. I didn't mean come smoothly in your ears. Um, nobody wants to get their ear cummed in. You ever watch Richard Pryor with the monkey? Seriously, nobody wants to get somebody to come in your ear. A monkey, a person, it's off. There's got to be weird porno like that out there, right? There's got to be people who are into ear fucking. Because there's people into foot fucking and navel fucking and, and tuning and fucking fat fold fucking and armpit fucking. I mean, it's just fucking snap out of it, man. I mean, find something else to jerk off to. Find find a baseline that's normal. And I mean, who? I'm not shaming your kink, but armpit fucking? Really? Seriously? I guess if you can put a clamp down on it, because I mean, you know, there's got to be, I'll probably, I'll bet there's gay bodybuilders who they make a guy flex and they fuck the bicep and the, the crook between the bicep and the forearm, right? That's got to happen. And if it doesn't, I'm just going ahead and invented a porn genre that I'm going to make a million fucking dollars off of. And a million doesn't seem high, but I'd be happy with a million. I, you know, I always talk about winning the Powerball and all these fucking things and how I would just basically disappear. Dude, I think if I won a million dollars, I would disappear. I, I think... It's getting to the point now where I think I would move out of the United States. Boy, things are, I've become wistful. I've, I, things have changed, folks. I've, I've fallen from the top of Mount Schmidt. Like, I used to think in L.A., I'm going to do voiceovers, I'm going to be acting, I'm going to do all these things. And now, I'm happy to bring you the podcast. But if I get a million dollars, I might be doing one of these a month. And, uh, and I don't think I'll be doing Twitch video games. I don't think I'll be doing any of that stuff if I have a million bucks in the bank. Although, maybe I will. Who the fuck knows? Uh, of course, I'm never going to have a million bucks in the bank, so how the fuck am I going to go ahead and prove this theory? Or theorem. I don't want to be that guy. Any of you English people out there who are coming after me. I was writing emails today, and I kept writing, uh, to whom I shall write the check. <laughs> uh, because I, when I did the theater in Cincinnati, they were very nice. And they go, I said, can I PayPal you? Can I Venmo you? Because I think I told you the story about I was flying out of the goddamn house and I forgot to grab my checkbook um, to go to Cincinnati. I, I, whatever. The t- two episodes ago, I told you the turnaround time was fucked, but I forgot my checkbook. So I had to pay the theater. And, uh, and the people who were in the theater were extremely nice and also extremely trusting. Because, I mean, I did the show and then I fucking took off. I could have just disappeared into the night. Not like you can't find me on the internet or something, but I could have been a dickbag about it. But I, I told him, look, I'll pay you now. I'll Venmo you. I'll PayPal you, whatever you want. I'm not, you know, I'm not running a game. It's not like I forgot my paycheck or my checkbook and I'm really fucking you here. And they were nice about it. And they said, no, do us a favor. When you get back to L.A., send us a check. So I've been ensconced in L.A. here for a couple of days. I sent them an email. I'm like, look, I'm back in L.A. Uh, I want to send you a check. Uh, but I need to know the address and I need to know to whom shall I write the check? Uh, cause I didn't, I, cause I couldn't figure out it was like to who do I write the check out to? Cause I don't like ending up, you, you don't want to end a sentence with a preposition. At least I don't think so. Um, all you people out there with come in your ears, you guys can write me and tell me about that. That's a spider monkey fucking Richard Pryor in the air. Uh, no, I know you'll hear that later and you'll be like, what is that noise? And eventually someone's going to go, you know what? That's a spider monkey fucking Richard Pryor in the air. Uh, Richard Pryor genius. Goddamn genius. George Carlin genius. I went to a George Carlin hole a couple of weeks ago and I just sat there on YouTube staring, watching, listening. And, and what a fucking genius he was. And you just, you're, you're ashamed when you don't create in the vein of that. And I mean, look, 
I'm not ashamed, ashamed. I mean, I do what I do. And I think that, uh, you know, I think if Carlin heard me, which is a lie, what am I going to say? You'd like me? Bullshit. <laughs> I think George Carlin would really like me. Shut the fuck up. That would never happen. That's what George Carlin would do. He'd climb up my fucking shoulder and fuck me in the ear. And I deserve it. I would absolutely fucking deserve it. Or maybe if my arms get big enough, he could fuck me in the crook of my elbow and my bicep. I could film it, put it on Pornhub and make a million goddamn dollars. A million. That's what I'm going to make, folks. But there's all sorts of weird porn. Fucking the crook of the knee. Now, look, I'm all for burying my face into the crook of a woman's knee, like behind the knees. If you just kind of lightly trace it with your tongue back there and then you kind of fucking uh, and, and blow like a little breath play, like get it wet and then blow on it to make it cold and then put your mouth on it to make it warm again. And you're like kind of licking you suck a little bit behind the knee. That's not that's that's big. Also, you can work the kneecap a little bit if they're on the end of that. Um, and also crook of the arm too works for that, too, with your mouth. If you get your look, I'm a mouth guy. Fuck. Don't <laughs> if you got it, I'm putting my mouth on it. I don't give a fuck what you got, ladies, whatever you want. I guess I shouldn't be bitching about people fucking the armpit because I'm going to stick my tongue anywhere you let me. It's just going to get done by the time we're finished. I mean, they could bring you in and you could just be my DNA test. Like, no matter, I don't care how many showers you take, my DNA is still going to be all over you. I'm just going to have something stuck to you at some point somewhere. Um, but so the point is, folks, uh, I'm inventing new porn. That's the point. Uh, what, what the, oh, so I'm, I'm a little bummed. I'm a little upset. That's what I was going to tell you guys. Fuck, it took me eight minutes to tell you I'm fucking weirded out. Uh, so uh, while we were doing all of that thing last week, we were trying to figure out how to record and what's the stereo and what's these double tracks and where does this go and how does that happen? Uh, I wound up setting a bunch of settings on my laptop. So now I'm recording in audacity and I've, I've done the sound checks. It looks like it's recording. I've played it back. Everything's fine. However, however, uh, I can't hear myself in my earbuds. My earbuds are plugged into the microphone and the microphone is the one doing, you know, that's doing the, uh, all the heavy lifting here. It's the microphone that brings me to you. I mean, I could just be shouting into the ether and you'd never hear it, but this microphone that's attached to this laptop is bringing it right there, channeling the signal in the blue lines and you're loving it every second of it for fuck's sake. You're loving every minute of it, as Loverboy would say, as we talked about Paul Dean on last week's show. Uh, but the thing is I can't hear myself. So like I said, perhaps the microphone decided, you know what? We don't want Mike to be all spitty and smacky and hear himself and throw himself the fuck off. It's the last show of year 10. Let's let him get through it silently. Let's let him get through it thinking that there's no problems whatsoever. Cause he's never going to listen to it back. I mean, cause for all I know, I, again, I cannot hear myself. This could just be a torrent of spit and lisping. I have no idea if it is or it isn't, but it could be. And that's my, right now here, you could actually, I could be spitting in your ear, fuck coming in your ear, spider monkey fuck shit in the ear. I think I could be, I could be lisping and spitting so much, smacking and spitting and all that. Uh, it, your ears could be dripping. They could be dripping wet. That's been the theme of year 10, man. I just, I, I hear it even though you guys say you don't. Um, but I need, I guess I need a windscreen. I don't know. I, uh, cause your windscreen stays on my mind. Don't kid yourself. Your windscreen stays on my mind. Hello, 1980s commercials. Uh, band is so for the, I'm going to do all the eighties commercials, folks. Enjoy them. Kiss. That's their name. Kiss. They may look insane. Kiss. That's a doll. Kiss had dolls. Kiss had, a, kiss has a pinball machine. Kiss. I, our buddy Jimmy O and Dennis from the UN of evil. They just found a kiss pinball machine in a bar in Colorado, and one of our friends, our buddy, e- I was going to call him E-Man. He calls himself E-Man. We have a friend, Eric. We, we all call him E-Man, I guess. I can't say that he gave himself a nickname. Uh, he was E-Man for a long time. But but he'll occasionally refer to himself as the E-Man, and it's kind of like, mm, yeah. I mean, I guess I call myself Schmitty, too. So and Mex calls himself Mex. No, he doesn't call himself David. Jimmy O, Dan, uh, Woj, all of us have names. Ock. It's, it's it, pretty much all short nicknames. None of us have like a cool name like the Baron. <laughs> Somebody in the UN of Evil needs to be the Baron. We've got Evil Dennis. That's the extent of a nickname that we have. Oh, and the big guy. We got the big guy too. Uh, but everybody else is just a variation of their name, pretty much. But uh, uh, but boy, we need a Baron. God damn it, Max, get on that. I know you're not listening, but if you are listening, if you ever tune into this or somebody writes Max and tells him to listen to this part of the show, tell him we need a Baron in the UN of Evil. Who could we name the Baron? 
Uh, but Eric was like, dude, you guys got to pick that up for Dennis's house in Colorado. Uh, and I'm, I'm of the mind that he should. Like, I was going to, I really, like, it, it doesn't, because Dennis is like, he's rich. I mean, he does pretty good. He's retired at 51 or whatever the fuck. So if he walked in, he could swing his dick around and go, hey, I want this pinball machine. And like, I get a truck to just take it to his house because he was in Breckenridge or something like that. And I don't know how the fuck far away that is from where he lives in Colorado. But why not? Just hire two fucking local yokels to get a fucking pinball machine hand cart put it on the back of their pickup truck and then drive it to your fucking hometown. But the problem is then two hillbillies know where you live and you know they're coming for you in the middle of the night with sacks on their head a la the strangers and then Liv Tyler's going to be in your fucking swimming pool hiding. Uh, actually, it's, I think I talked about this. Dennis doesn't have a swimming pool but he has an awesome deck and a great backyard and this fucking peach tree. I've talked about it before but also from his house He's got a he's got a view of a battered woman's shelter, which is I gotta think they didn't mention that in the talking points when he when he had the house built or bought the house or whatever the fuck. Nobody went, hey, if you look in through right here in the back, if you look in the distance, you can see a bruise. It's right there lurking. Um, because we were there and he told us he's like it's a shelter, and I guess they've they've given money or whatever the fuck supplies and shit like that before. But I just. Uh, I don't know, man. I just, I, to be that, uh, to be that close to a battered woman shelter, it just seems like a, you're in prime binocular spying range for an ex-husband to use your backyard. Like in the middle of the night, you're going to walk out and there's going to be some dude, you're going to walk out because again, I I don't know how many guns Dan has. I got no fucking idea, but I would walk out in the yard with like a pool cue. I'd be like, who the fuck is this guy in field glasses in my goddamn yard? And it turns out it's some guy's name fucking Bo, whose wife is in the domestic abuse shelter and won't let him see his son. And now he's camped out in your backyard with fucking field glasses, checking her out, night vision, trying to see her walk around. And then you got to beat the fuck this guy to death with a goddamn pool cue and a bridge in each hand. Uh, although Dennis might shoot him again. I don't know how many guns has Dennis has. I say that out there. If any of you, you fucking domestic violence husbands are going to use her backyard. I want you to know what you're getting into, man. You get a fucking shot full of lead. It's a fucking bullet salad waiting for you in fucking Dennis's backyard. Uh, but not only are you also within like binocular view of the ex-husbands using your backyard as a fucking lookout, but also if one of the domestic fuck, if one of the, the abusers, the husbands shows up at the shelter, you're within running distance of the fucking, of the women. So you, you have no choice but to help them. And Dennis has a trampoline. So, like, you know, they climb over, they do the trampoline out of the deck, and then he hides them all in the fucking basement, and then the guy comes running over with his gun. This whole thing just breaks bad. Uh, and, I'm, and look, I'm not saying NIMBY. I'm not saying not in my backyard. I wish there was a battered uh, woman's shelter near my house. I would do what I could to protect them. I would go ahead and donate whatever I could. Uh, you know, boxing gloves, a fucking uh, gun. Because fuck guys who do shit like that. They should be fucking kneecapped, for fuck's sake. Um... Whenever I see a story like that, doesn't it doesn't it just fucking make you sick? You're just like, ah, what the fuck, dude? Like, what are you? Because I, I don't want to get into it. I, like I said, I saw my dad do it, and it's just fucked. It's just, I hope you've never had to deal with it. Um, but I had to, you know, as a kid, and you, I saw my dad fucking slam my mom around, try to break her arm, and push her into fucking walls and all sorts of shit. And just as a little kid, it's so. It, I mean, well, fuck, I'm talking to you about it 50 years or not 50 years later. I wasn't zero when I saw it. I came out of my mom's womb and my dad punched her in the face because I wasn't a girl. Oh, way to go, Patsy. Boom. Uh, and it's the first thing I saw. I actually saw my dad land a right hook on my mom before the fucking doctor landed a slap on my ass. It was a violent de- delivery room, folks. It was really, it was a lot of back and forth. There was a lot of Three Stooges action going in there. The nurse poked me in the eyes. The other one went, nah, 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 and fucking walked out. It was terrible. 
uh, <laughs> it's a lot of, lot of crazy, a lot of cartoon violence in my, my delivery room when I was delivered at two o'clock in the morning in Holy Cross Hospital in Chicago on July 29th, 1967. Uh, now I've given you all you need to know to know my credit card, right? Wouldn't that be a thing that they would ask you? Hey, when were you, what time were you born or whatever the fuck in what hospital? And I just gave, I give too much information on this goddamn show. Uh, I, I just told you that Dennis would shoot people and hide them in his basement if they ever escaped from the battered woman shelter. Look at this. I'm giving everything away. I'm giving all the secrets away. And I think what we've all learned so far from this show, I can't even see how much time we've been in because uh, the, the ceiling fan is blowing my papers around. Uh, I, I think we need a Baron in the UN of Evil. We absolutely need a Baron. I mean, because it can't be like Baron Von Mex. Uh, does it have to be Baron Von? How about just the Baron? I like the Baron, although Baron Von something is funny. Baron, Baron Von O'Donnell for my buddy Jimmy. That might work. Um, Baron Von Bianucci. That sounds too cartoony. That's Dennis. Uh, Baron Von Hernandez. It's, you're mixing uh, uh, you know, German-Mexican there, but I, could, I think that can get pulled off. That's not so bad. Baron von Hermansen. Now, that actually works. That's the big guy. Um, I'm going to give the last names of everybody in the UN of evil. Baron von Akiyoshi. That's perfect. Uh, all right. And I know you think I'm missing the obvious one, but I'm not giving myself the Baron. Even though it fits with me perfectly, I'm not giving myself the Baron. Uh, Baron von Wojcik. I can see that. All right. Um, Folks, so again, I'm a little disconcerted because I can't hear myself in my earbuds. I don't know what this show is. I don't know how it is. I don't know what's happening on the last show of year 10. Uh, I don't know if you can hear my voice clearly. I don't know if the fan is, uh, uh, is overwhelming, overbearing. Uh, I just hope that all of these things are being held in check and you're listening and having a good time because I know I'm having a good time. Oh, my God, this is the best. God, you know I love it, folks. Me and you having the best time of all. Uh, you know, I want to open the show. It seems a little late to open the show because the show's already been opened, but I'm going to tell you this, folks. I, uh, here's the thing. I owe an apology and I want to get it out of the way right now. I want to go ahead and have an apology to you fine folks. Uh, you know, last week I was talking about the show in Cincinnati and I was talking about all the people who were there. And I think I did a roll call of everybody that I said were there. And I think there's names I forgot. And those names would be our friend Derek Leitner and his uh, gorgeous wife, Mara. Uh, and look, I went to their wedding. How the fuck am I forgetting their names when I'm talking about it? And also, by the way, whenever I do a live show and I'm given a roll call, I should just automatically there you say Derek and Mara because I think, and I'm, I'm just guessing, I think Derek has seen me eight times now. That's a possibility because Derek is the fucking coolest guy in the world. And, uh, and he, and Mara has married into that and has entertained his, his hobby of me. And I think she, look, I don't want to say she likes the show, but she seems to like me as a person because I've met her. I've, I've posted selfies with her from her wedding. We had a great time and, uh, she gets Derek during the week. I get him on the weekends. It's a perfect split. Everything is great from I get him for Thursday, Friday, Saturday. She gets him from Sunday through Wednesday. I love it. It's a great thing to have Derek. And whenever I do a live show, Derek comes out and he brings Mara now. And, and I think I failed to mention them last week. And I'm very upset at myself. I, you know, and it, look, first of all, if we can just go ahead and explore this, it's never good when you have a fucking show where you can actually do a fucking roll call of everybody that was in the audience. I recognize that. Okay. It doesn't exactly say superstar. It doesn't exactly say uh, fabulous touring act. If you can go, Hey, here are the names of everybody who came to see me, but we're kind of a different animal. I mean, right now we're certainly a smaller operation. We're lean, uh, with, with plenty of room for aggressive advancement. Uh, so here, everybody take half of a pool stick and beat the fuck out of a deadbeat husband in some Dennis Bianucci's yard. Uh, so, and, and so I just want to say that, uh, you know, like I said, getting to that point, it's, it's not great that I can say everybody's fucking name, but still, uh, to forget names then when I have a crowd, but also I guess that means this crowd was over 20, which is really nice. But also, uh, Derek and Mara were there and they made the trip, man. They came to see me in Cincinnati from fucking, I think they're in Michigan, man. And that is, uh, by the way, Michigan man is my favorite tire company. Um, 
I, I don't understand why I would forget them. I'm very angry at myself, and it's because I'm a forgetful guy. And also, last week, there's a lot of shit going on, a lot of moving parts. You know, I was sitting on a very uncomfortable chair last week and talking into a windscreen instead of a windsock. Uh, I had to worry about David across the way, sitting on a squeaky chair, and then it distracting him for the first hour of the show, and then he changed chairs. He didn't want to move, and I'm staring at him, and I'm talking, and he's trying to participate. It's just a, it's a different animal doing a show with young David, doing it there in Mexi Park. And so... In, uh, in the confusion, in all of the newness, in all of the arranging the solo stereo tracks into one mono track, uh, I forgot a Derek and Amara, and I want to apologize to them. I apologize, Derek and Amara. Thank you so much for coming out to the show in Cincinnati. It was fantastic. Now, will they be at the show in Seattle? I don't know. Let's talk about that for just a second, folks. Uh, although, I guess I could plug it at the end of the show. Cincinnati's on sale. Or no, it's not Seattle. Seattle's on sale. And... Uh, there's two shows in Seattle, which is a mistake. I'm going to tell you that right now. It was clearly a mistake. But tickets are on sale at Brown Paper Tickets, and I'm going to tell you about this later in the show. I don't know why I'm talking about it now. I like to do plugs later. But this is kind of a, you know, it's the last show of the year. It's school's out. We talked about this before. Every time there's a last show, pressure's off, school's out. I can kind of just go ahead and throw my books in the trash and run sprint outside and hope that Ben Affleck doesn't catch me and spank me because my mom's not here with a shotgun to shoot him in the goddamn face. Uh, you know, Jim Dandy did the rescue, right? That was a song playing, I think, when she bops out of the house. Carl's mom. I fucking hate Carl's mom. Watch Days for is confused again. I fucking hate Carl. I hate Carl's mom. Carl deserved to get his ass beat. I, I felt bad for Ben Affleck, even though he was a tool bag. He was terrible. He was an awful guy. But at the same time, for him to be publicly humiliated like that in front of everybody with the fucking whitewash, and then he smashes his paddle so his summer is no longer fun, and he's got to come back the next year and be ridiculed by everybody, even though he's a fucking, you know, homunculus. Uh, that's bad. So I felt bad for Ben Affleck. That, that turned the tables. I got to admit, it's supposed to be a moment where you're like, oh, yeah, totally. Aha, they got, uh, they got uh, him. Uh, but they didn't. Uh, unfortunately, in my opinion, they, they just made it worse and it made Carl look like a shitbag. And I don't like Carl and I don't like his mom. Although I will tell you this in Days to Confuse, and I told this to Max when we were watching it last week, the scene where Hirschfelder and Carl and the other uh, little eighth grader are walking through the, the street and drinking the one beer. They have like, I think they have one or two beers. Uh, and they, and, and fucking Carl throws the beer over his head. So it smashes on the street, but before it smashes, all the kids run. That was, that right there is directly out of my childhood. Just directly. I just, the breaking of something and running before it breaks. So you don't get caught, but the thrill of breaking it. God damn. I love that kind of stuff. Uh, we used to do that shit all the time when I was a kid, busting things, breaking stuff. Uh, I love breaking things. <laughs> give me something to break. You know, I think that's the theme. Give me something to break. How about your fucking face? How about that? Step right up. Uh, domestic abusing fucking husbands. Uh, I, I'll tell you what, there, there's, uh, there, there might be, there might be things to break in the future here. As I mentioned, you know, it's funny. I've talked about getting back into comedy folks. Um, we, uh, over the weekend here in Los Angeles, I, uh, I'm, I'm, I, there was, there was a disturbance at a bar a local bar. I had to follow it on Twitter because I was out driving and I didn't hear about it till the next morning. But apparently I, I, there's an organization folks. And I don't know if you know who they are. And if you're in them, fine. I don't want to debate you do your thing. It's stupid and wrong, but whatever the fuck I just told you it's stupid. Do your thing. It's stupid. Uh, there's an organization called the proud boys. If you don't know who the proud boys are, let's talk about them for just a second. Uh, <laughs> proud boys are like, a, are young men. And I think their leader is a guy named Gavin McInnes. I think that's his name. And, uh, and they are men who I, I, I tried to get a handle on it. I was reading and I don't know what's true and what isn't, but I mean, am I to understand the proud boys? They're, they're kind of like men's men's right activists. And also they're, uh, they're Trump guys and they're bordering on like, kind of like white people supremacy from what I could see. I don't want to go into this too off the handle, but also, but the main thing is apparently they don't, 
they don't have sex and they don't jerk off because they think it saps them of their masculinity and their testosterone. So there's, there's, that's the decision they've made. They've decided to save all of their precious cum because they keep it for, I don't know, somebody who's worthy for, for the, the only the most special of bath towels in the future. I don't know what the fuck they're thinking, but this is truly their philosophy. And they're, it's not like they're just fucking weirdos. Okay. I mean, they, I mean, look, this philosophy is weird, which by proxy makes them weirdos. But just the fact that they are, they're like normal dudes in society, I suppose. I mean, I don't, I don't, look, I don't know what's normal anymore. I got no fucking clue. Uh, yesterday, uh, our, our president sat there with a, with a Russian president's hand up his ass and, and just puppetized all of the fucking stuff that Putin wanted him to say. It was fucking ridiculous. Uh, and I know some of you disagree with that. I know I see it reflected in, in emails and Patreon, um, but that's just the way I feel. So I don't know. I don't know what normal is anymore, but I know what's not normal. Not jerking off. I'm sorry. I don't, I don't care who you are. I think I got to, I think, I think even priests jerk off. I think, uh, I think even guys with no arms jerk off. I think they find a way. Cause I'll tell you what, that's, that's a hell of a fucking inspiration for you. You lose your arms and you want to get off. You got to find some way to fucking jerk off. Either you lay on your stomach. Cause we've done that. I did that when I was a kid. Cause would, look, when you're a kid, all you're doing is finding different ways to jerk off. Like I said, I fucked the bowl of jello for fuck's sake. Uh, you know, and also that thing where you lay on your stomach and you flip your cock up. And so you kind of like, uh, like groove around on that for a while until you fucking unload. I haven't done that in a long time. Maybe I fucking make that happen. Uh, but when you're a kid, you're looking for all sorts of different angles. You're looking for all sorts of excitement. You know, sometimes you're, uh, you know, Hey ladies, you're not the only ones who can use a faucet, I guess is my point is what I'm saying. Um, you're looking for different things. You're putting things on your cock. You're waiting for it to work. So, you know, have you ever, look, let me ask you this. Have you ever jerked off with a condom on? Have you? I have. Uh, not recently, but I have in the past because you're like, I wonder if this would be different. And also because when I was a kid, you knew condoms were a thing that you had to use. So in my mind, I'm like, all right, well, then I should get used to using them and see what it's going to be like. Yeah, I was a weird dude, man. All I needed was any sort of fucking uh, opening to, to for a different way to jerk off. And I was in. And I've talked we, when we do the jerk off journals. I've talked about it on there. You, you know, there's one thing I talked about on there where you fill a sock or whatever the fuck with lotion and you put it under a couch cushion and you fuck it. That, I didn't make that up. I wish I did, but that's totally fucking true. That was a thing I read on one of those masturbation sites. And I know you're thinking to yourself, Mike, why are you on these masturbation sites? Well, as I've said, sometimes you're doing the research and you're always looking for different ways to go ahead and make it work. Uh, so these dudes, however, have gone the other way. They've decided that they're, they're not going to fuck anybody. And I, by the way, I love the conceit of that. Also, the Proud Boys have decided that they're not going to fuck anybody. Uh, not that the decision was made for them by the very fact that they would join a group called the Proud Boys. What the fuck is that? That sounds like, you know what that sounds like, the Proud Boys? That sounds like those groups in the 50s who would steal songs from Howlin' Wolf and have a hit on the charts with it. Like, they would sing, like, fucking some song that Jelly Roll Watson sang about fucking, and they would clean it up and wear sweaters, and they'd be on the fucking charts in an instant because they were white and they weren't some of those savage blacks who sing about that sort of stuff in juke joints on the side of the road. No, these guys would take it mainstream. That's what the Proud Boys were. Like they, the Proud Boys were, it's like five Elvises in a band and they had their own Colonel and he's stealing fucking all the songs about fucking hand jobs from, from all the blues singers and cleaning it up. They're like the Pat Boons, like five Pat Boons. That's what the fucking Proud Boys sound like to me. Uh, but the Proud Boys, not, so they do this thing where they, they wear and, and they wear a uniform. Dude. <laughs> I mean, I don't even, I, again, I'm old. I like, I don't know what the fuck is going on. Apparently. These dudes wear, they wear the, the Trump hats, the fucking red baseball hat, the MAGA hat. Uh, 
They wear that, and they wear a hat from or a, a a shirt from a certain designer, Fred Perry or something. I don't fucking know, and I don't know if Fred Perry's a, a proud boy, or if he just tapped into that market where he's like, "Hey, you know who looks really good in my shirts? Guys who don't jerk off." Yeah, so go ahead and buy these fellas. Um, they have a uniform. The proud boys they don't jerk off. They have a uniform. I just I don't even, and and, and they get they like to gather together. I guess. It's an intimidation thing where they'll they'll take over a bar, like 10 of them will show up or 15 will show up and they'll just kind of, they'll be very loudly racist and they'll be very loudly uh, controversial and they'll basically dare people to say things to them so they can get into spirited debates and arguments because that's what people want to do in a bar at fucking midnight, you dickbags. Go, go to your, go to the He-Man Woman Haters Clubhouse you've built in your fucking yard because that's all you are. You want to pretend you're something more? You're advancing some political agenda with your hats and your fucking shirts? The fuck out of here. You know who you are? You're the 2018 version of the Socias and I want the greasers to fuck you up, man. Fuck you, Leaf Garrett and your MAGA hat. Go fucking home. Leave the bar alone and build, like I said, you're literally the He-Man Woman Haters Club. That's all you are. You need to put your hand under your chin and make the high sign to fucking chubby and then go in there and fucking have Spanky hit a gas and guys go in there and talk about how much you hate Darla and how mean she is because she won't show you her underwear. Jesus Christ, you guys are fucking pathetic. What is wrong with everybody? And I, I heard, so I knew the Proud Boys existed. Here's how I knew, I learned they existed because this Gavin McInnes guy, and here's another thing. A lot of these dudes are failed fucking comedians. That's the worst part of all of it. Uh, and they'll debate you. They'll say they're not failed. They're just comedians who can't get work because of their Proud Boy status or their material's too controversial. Whatever the fuck, man. I, and, and believe me, Failed comedian knows failed comedian. All right, I can look at you guys and I can smell you a fucking mile away because there's I'm you got your hats and your shirts and I got me sitting at a desk in the dark talking in fucking circles. All right, I recognize it. The only difference is uh, I'm true to my who I am. You guys have made up a fucking poser outfit and I don't wear a fucking shirt and a hat every week to do this goddamn podcast. Although maybe that's what I need to do to be successful. Certainly. Uh, but that's the thing. It's like this Gavin McInnes guy. I think he used to be a fucking stand up or a writer, and then he surrounds himself with these guys, and they do. They do radio shows and YouTube shows and they try to be funny. And I guess I, and again, I will be honest with you, true, full disclosure. I've not heard one second of their show. I can't. I, I just, I hear enough garbage. Uh, I've heard enough garbage throughout my life. I've seen enough bad standup. I've seen enough guys wallowing in women or dykes and, and all that kind of bullshit. And, uh, guys are, you know, uh, uh, what's the cucks or fags or whatever the fuck all, all that nonsense has just got to get out the fucking window man i'm tired i'm just who gives a fuck quit quit drawing battle lines it's so fucking stupid can't you just survive can't we all just be happy and get along just be nice to people what the fuck is your problem but they said that there's this fucking sexual thing where there's a morass and nobody gets along and women are so mean to them now and feminism is a is a sickness and I liberalism is a fucking... I shut the fuck up, all of you, all of you. And I recognize me talking about it as just perpetuating it and probably making some of you guys run for the fucking hills, but I hope you'll fucking indulge me because I just... I When I heard about it, I would... Come on, dude, come on. Proud boys? Even, even the name alone just constitute guys who should get pushed down on the playground. Hey, eat these worms, proud boy. Uh... So these dudes exist. And like I said, Gavin McKenna's, and here's how they came on my radar. It was a couple of years ago. Yeah, I hadn't seen it on Twitter. I hadn't really paid much attention. But uh, but then when Gavin McKenna's, they started to get a, a real vibe and they started to be on shows. And then uh, that fucking Jordan Peterson guy, I guess he's he's one of their main, and I don't, I'm not saying Jordan Peterson's a proud boy, but they subscribe to his philosophies. Um, but the, when I really started to notice them is there's a, 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 there's a comedian named Cale Hartman. And, uh, and he was dating a woman named Beth Stelling, I think was her name, a comedian. And he beat her up. 
And so she finally went, fuck this. I can't, I can't do this anymore. And so she put out pictures of her bruises and shit. And, uh, and she was like, all right, well, this happened. And, and it was my ex who did it. She never named him, but then everybody else named him. And then this is in 2015, by the way, oh, that's the door to my, uh, the, the door, the handle to my armchair hear it. Okay. Uh, she put out that she was beaten up by this guy and he was an abusive boyfriend. And so the LA comedy scene just drummed him the fuck out. They were like, get the fuck out. I know my friend Paul Goble got into fights with the guy and a lot of exchanges were had. This is in 2015. And then he was kicked out of, I think he was a member at the UCB and they booted him. And then he, he, he was going to, he was talking about suing them. He went underground. He tried to answer the, all of these accusations on social media and everybody, the mob, of course, tore him the fuck apart because I guess there were people who'd known about this for a while because Beth had been telling them it had been happening. And finally she said, I can't do this anymore. Uh, and then, and then Kale kind of went underground. He, he cut his, he fucking stopped tweeting. He disappeared from Facebook. And, uh, you know, cause that's really all you can fucking do when the mob comes for you. There's nothing you can do. Um, and look, I'm not saying the mob, eh, fuck, I will say this. The mob is scary and the mob is dangerous. And the, when the mob comes flying after you, I can't even imagine what it would be like to face that. But however, if you beat up your fucking girlfriend, I got news for you. Fuck you. The mob's coming and you deserve it. There's nothing, there's nothing less you deserve than the mob. Literally, that's the least that should happen is that you should be publicly shamed and ostracized. You should be in fucking jail. Um, so this dude went ahead and, uh, he tried to fight it. He tried to write like his, he got a lawyer. He wrote his, he was like, here's my, this is a complete falsehood. These accusations are wrong. And he wrote a thing on his Facebook page and then he was just shouted down by the mob. So he fucking disappeared. Uh, like a year later, this was actually kind of funny. <laughs> if you go to his Twitter account, he disappears and he comes back almost, I think a year later or seven months later. And he, he literally, he writes something, one tweet. It's like, he just, it's like, he just kind of stuck his head out of his fucking hole and still, still a fucking soda can bounced right off his forehead. Cause like the first person is like, shut up rapist. Like literally the first thing that fucking greeted him as he came out and he's like, ha ha, I'm back. Fuck you rapist. And then he tried to fight it off for a while and then he fucking disappeared. But that's the shit that happens. You know, when the mob comes for you, Jamie Kilstein, the mob came for him. Uh, because he was, you know, he was captain feminist. And then it turns out he called some intern a road fuck and he was having an affair on his wife. And you're just like, dude, what the fuck, man? What are you doing? You can't be that fucking caping for women all the fucking time. And then it turns out you're a shit bag too. That's fucked. Um, and, and I just, and it's happening all the fucking time and I get it. And it's, it's woeful and it's terrible. And social media is poison. It is just, it is just killing everybody. It's ruining everything. Um, but at the same fucking time, if you're doing these things, you're, you're going to get some fucking retribution at some point. So Kale Hartman got retribution. And now every time he pokes his head out, he gets a fucking, you know, he gets somebody whipped something at it and goes, shut up rapist. So Kale Hartman disappears again. Then I was, I was curious one time and I was like, you know what, where'd this fucking guy go? I mean, you know, it had been eight months or something. And I was like, what the fuck happened? So I Googled the fucking dude and it turns out he moved from LA and I, according to his Twitter, he lives in Boise, Idaho now. And I, and he's a fucking cast member slash producer slash, I don't know what the fuck you want to call him. All I know is he joined the proud boys organization and he's using his comedy slash improv slash show business skills. And he's involved in Gavin McInnes's traveling circus and show that he does on the internet. And, uh, and I, I just, I laughed because again, it's the, it's the last refuge of somebody who's fucked up so badly. He turns to this group of misfit dudes who think women are icky 
because they and they probably buy his fucking story because all these guys because there's these, all these fucking incels and these assholes out here who are like oh women are mean to me and they shout at me on the street corner and I what the, what the and, uh, you know because guys are pissed off that they can't bully women anymore they can't point a finger in their face they can't make them smile they can't fucking slap them on the ass or glad hand them or whatever the fuck they used to do uh, men are scared of women now they and and honestly they should be more scared of fucking women as i i feel that women should just fucking steamroll dudes all the goddamn time i mean it should just be a thing where they just don't take any shit ever again and they should just fucking just get retribution going forward uh but this kale motherfucker he winds up at the proud boys and i was just like of course he did because that's the last fucking refuge you know what i mean he's not uh you know they say patriotism is the last refuge of a scoundrel well, I, I'm going to say the Proud Boys is the last refuge of a, of a guy who's intimidated or scared by women. Because then you surround yourself with a group of fucking dudes who are all, all the same. Um, feel the same, I should say, not all the same. So the reason I mention all of this, the reason I go on this diatribe and I tell you about who the Proud Boys are and what they're doing, what they've done with their lives and what they, they should have done with their lives, is because they showed up in Los Angeles this week weekend a couple of days ago and by showed up in los angeles i gotta say i don't i don't know if they've always been in los angeles perhaps they have i have no idea they just showed up on my radar in los angeles because they wound up in uh on my twitter amongst people i follow and people that i know and and here's how i I mentioned earlier there was a thing uh, at a bar here in los angeles and i missed it i had to follow it along on twitter because again i was out driving uh, like an old man should be doing. I should be out shuttling p- passengers. I got a Travis Bickle it, man. Uh, but apparently these Proud Boy dudes showed up and uh, and they went to a bar in Los Angeles called The Griffin. No, I'm not hip. I don't I don't hang out at bars. I don't know. I don't have a territory where I go and, and meet people. I don't drink. I'm just not that guy. But, you know, young people do. A lot of people do here. And a lot of comedians, like it's their scene or a lot of people, it's their scene and they go to a bar uh, and if, you, if you're having a fucking birthday party, you go there. Because where are you going to fucking go? El Torito and have a bunch of fucking waiters sing to you? Happy, happy birthday. Happy birthday. Hey, hey. Uh, now, and now, you know what? YouTube's going to shut me down. That's a fucking copyright infringement. There's no way I should be doing the happy birthday song. That's fucked. I've just ruined it. I have just ruined all of my monetization chances for this goddamn uh, video, audio, audio, video. Video, audio, audio, video. Let's call the whole thing off. What do you say? Uh, actually, when I hear that, that audio, video, video, audio, it makes me think of a, ca- uh, a candy bar. <laughs> when I was a kid, there was a candy bar, and it said uh, it was Butternut was the name of the candy bar. And for some reason, I don't know why, it was like a pig and a cow, and they were cartoons, and they, they sang like a hip, like, 60s song. And I remember it was like, uh, it's buttery because it's nuttery. It's not nuttery because it's buttery. And then there was like Calliope that went doot, 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 doot. And then said, it's buttery, nuttery, nuttery, buttery, butter, not do doot, 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 doot. Uh, why am I bringing that to you? Jesus Christ, I'm the oldest fucking man alive. No fucking, <laughs> I guess, I guess because I just spent 20 minutes telling you about white supremacist uh, juniors, I, I should go ahead and go into a song about fucking candy bars from when I was a kid. What a mess this fucking show's become. But you know what, folks? Last day of school. As I've always dealt with on the the final, it's it's episode fifty two of year ten. Jesus, ten years in the books, ten years, as our friend Piven would say. Uh, that's that's a fucking that's a load. Jesus, that's a decade. That's a decade of this show under my belt. Not yet. I'm not done yet. I can't cash in my chips just yet. I can't go ahead and say, hey, now I'm done with ten years because I still got to bring you excellent show quality for the rest of this week, uh, or this episode, or this episode of this week, or this weekly episode, whatever the fuck you want to say. Uh... 
Let's do up more songs from my youth. From <laughs> Let's talk about the Marathon Bar, where a cowboy said it lasts a good long time and he has a shootout. Never mind, shut up. Uh, so the Proud Boys, they, they've shown up in Los Angeles on my radar. And I, I don't have a big radar. I'm not in the comedy scene. I don't know anybody. All my com- comedy friends have made it. So they're, they're not hanging out with young comedians. Uh, they're on the road. They're playing gigs. They're doing things. They have uh, excellent podcasts. Whether they're uh, humor-based, like a Never Not Funny, or they're, uh, they're therapy-based, like a Paul Gilmartin, or they're interview-based, like a Road Stories, or they're music-based, like a Rock Solid, my friends are all and hip-deep in the uh, podcasting community. And they still do stand-up. Jimmy's doing stand-up. Pat's not. Murray does a ton of fucking stand-up. Uh, Mike Siegel does stand-up, certainly, He's uh, with his Travel Tales podcast. Uh, Paul Gilmartin is not doing stand-up any longer. Uh, because he can't, because his knees are weak from weeping on his show as he listens to the story of somebody whose child was eaten by dingoes or whatever the fuck. Uh, perhaps he should get some of the Proud Boys in and talk to them and find out about what went wrong in their fucking childhood that they got to grow up and hate women. Sure, why not? Uh, and, and look, by the way, I, <laughs> I'm painting this with a real broad brush because I didn't do a fucking lot of research. It's not like I went to Wikipedia and looked up the fucking Proud Boys or anything. I'm just going by what I've seen from snippets and social media. And let me tell you, there's nothing better to do. There's no, there's no finer plan than to go ahead and, and talk at length on a subject when you've learned about it from social media. Oh, what if it turns out the Proud Boys give money to Planned Parenthood and I don't know a fucking thing about them. How terrible would it be if I fucked this whole thing up? Um... But I don't think that's true. I think they're a fucking mess, quite frankly, and uh, and and I think everybody is. Like I said, I don't I don't know what's fucking real anymore. I don't I don't know what's good or bad. I, I just I gotta you just want to be you gotta live your life. You just gotta go. You just gotta stay within the guardrails and move fucking forward like a goddamn shark and 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 avoid all of the brush fires that are just out of reach and hope they don't reach you. That's the thing. You can't. You just gotta avoid getting scalded or burned by everybody else. Uh, but these Proud Boys showed up in Los Angeles, and I guess I, here's how I found out about it on Twitter. Um, they they came to a bar called the Griffin in Los Angeles, and uh, and I don't I don't know if it was ten of them or fifteen of them or whatever, but they showed up, and uh, and they were being quote unquote ironically racist, or they were saying mean things, or they were being loud. Again, I uh, I've got a thumbnail of what happened, and I certainly don't have the Proud Boys version of this. I only have the comedians version of this, but because uh, God knows I didn't search out. Well, yeah, let's both sides this. Let, let's let's figure out exactly how the Proud Boys feel about this, because I know how they fucking feel about it. If you're walking out in a uniform, you're not jerking off, and you're wearing a fucking MAGA hat. Of course, you want to fight people in a bar, or at least yell. So that's what they did. They showed up at the Griffin. And, uh, and I, and I guess they were being loud at the bar and they were wearing MAGA hats. And from what I can gather, there was a comedian there and he was having a birthday party because the first tweet I saw was, Hey, a bunch of proud boys in MAGA hats just showed up and ruined, uh, this guy's Twitter handles birthday party. And this stinks or whatever the fuck. And so these comedians, it was comedians that, uh, you know, and writers and, and they were mad that those guys were there. Uh, and then because that went out on Twitter, other comedians saw it as a bat signal of sorts, and they went, hey, man, this is fucked. They can't come to the Griffin and ruin your party, and, and they certainly can't come in, 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 in our town and be Nazis and white supremacists. We got to go let them know that this isn't cool, man. And, uh, and so this one comedian, I don't, I, uh, I don't know him. Uh, Josh Androsky, is that his name? Possibly. I don't, I'm, again, I'm trying to, I'm telling this from fucking memory and I apologize. Uh, he, uh, he put out this fucking vibe where it's like, Hey man, we got to get to this fucking bar and we got to clean house on these guys. So, uh, so I'm reading that and I'm like, uh, fuck yeah. Yeah. Go clean house. Let's see that. Let's see what the fuck's going to happen. Also, uh, there's part of me that's just going, um, this is the dumbest thing I've ever heard of in my life. I mean, I, I mean, 
a bu- a, a, just a bunch of comedians are going to go fight a bunch of guys in MAGA hats? I mean, it's it's a it's a cool idea in theory, uh, and I couldn't wait to see how it unfolded. That's what I wanted to check out. Was exactly what the committee where the comedians is going to come in and fucking stormtroop these guys. And apparently, what had happened was the guy was having the birthday party. And then they confronted the uh, Proud Boys who were yelling and were saying, uh, I, I guess some of them said the N-word at the bar. And some of them were just, like I said, they be, they show up and they act uh, the fool. They do that to try to goad people into something. And uh, and so first, I guess this comedian went to the bar manager and the bar manager blew him off. Then he went to the bouncer. He's like, hey, man, this isn't cool. These guys are fucking ruining this and they're yelling. And the bouncer uh, said, the only color I see is green. Now, having been a bouncer before, uh, I understand that attitude to a certain extent. Uh, if the club isn't telling you to do something about something, you're not going to listen to some guy who comes up and goes, these guys are loud, you know, because it's a bar and sometimes people are going to get fucking loud. I, I, think I, was, I just tried to say sometimes, and I think he said pom-pom. What the fuck just happened on my mouth? Uh, you know, you're in a bar and you're bouncing. Half the time, you're just you know, being frosty because you're trying to make sure nothing bad happens. Uh, but at the same time, you're, you're also fucking fatigued by the fact that something bad is always happening in a goddamn bar because people are awful. But I will tell you this, when the, when the bartender or the fucking bouncer said, you know, I, the only color I see is green, that's just fucked. You have to take seriously, like I said, if management comes to you, you definitely have to take it seriously. But if a customer comes to you, you got to keep an eye out. You, and at least you got to be nice to the customer and say something like, hey, here's the deal. Uh, I'll keep an eye out on it. You guys do your party. They'll do their party. And, and, and we'll try to make sure nothing bad happens. You got to reassure a customer that you're going to be, you're going to do your fucking job. I mean, if you're a bouncer, you sometimes got to wait in, you got to throw somebody out. You got to tell people to shut up. It's just fucking, that's just the job. You're just basically like a fucking kindergarten teacher with alcohol. That's all you fucking are as a bouncer. So for him to shit on them and just go, Hey, uh, the only color I see is green. I, I mean, I guess, was he soliciting a tip to bust up the, the, the fucking proud boys party? I don't, I don't know. I wasn't there. So by all means, I'm going to comment on this at length. If I'm not there, I want to make sure I go ahead and talk about this as much as I can. Um, so I so it, it goes out on Twitter, and then they they assemble comedians assemble they, they just very much like the Avengers. There was open mic man, uh, there was character guy. Uh, they were all there. They showed up at this fucking club, and it's uh, like I said, it's a bar called the Griffin, and I, I, and then the shit hit the fan, and by the shit hit the fan. I mean, the sh- the social media war commenced. Uh, these comedians show up, and I guess they, they start yelling at the Proud Boys, and then the Proud Boys start yelling at them, and then uh, one of the Proud Boys shoves one of the guy's girlfriends, okay? And from what I can gather after that, it turned into a big argument that spilled into the street, and then it turned into an even louder argument with a bunch of guys pointing at each other and yelling at one another. Um, now let's backtrack a little bit here. Uh, first of all, I gotta, I gotta spell this out for you. Even if I had heard of what was going on in real time, unless it was a buddy of mine, if it was, if it was a comedian that I knew, of course I'm there, but now, you know, I'm 50 and, uh, and I've seen this kind of shit happen before. I mean, if it's my friends, of course I'm, I'm diving right in, whatever the fuck. But if it's just a bunch of comedians who are like, yeah, let's go save our bar, whatever the fuck. And I'm, I'm, uh, 10 years ago, I'm in 10 years ago. I don't even give the fuck who it is. I, I, 10 years ago, I'll fight you to fucking Ralph's. I mean, that, that shit doesn't matter to me, but things have changed a little bit now. And I've, I, I've kind of deescalated on the rage and I've thought to myself, well, is this a smart move? Is this something you should do? But there, I'm still me at my core. So if I wind up at something like this and, uh, somebody shoves my buddy's girlfriend, I got to tell you, the arguing stops right there. I don't give a fuck if you're in the bar or whatever the fuck happens. If somebody pushes some, a a girl in my party, 
uh, that dude's getting fucking jacked. I mean, he's just getting laid the fuck out. Toes up, flowers on his chest, closed fucking casket. You don't touch a fucking woman, especially somebody I know. Uh, so, so you just, you clothesline him, you hit him, you grab him, you throw him the fuck outside, and then you tune him up. That's, that's just the way it fucking works. So I'm reading this story and I, and I, uh, I guess, like I said, somebody shoved somebody's girlfriend and then, and then Twitter, the blow by blow, people started posting video from this, this fight. Uh, by the way, never has the word fight been used more incorrectly, uh, than I just used it now because all it turned out to be was these dudes spilled out into the street and I saw videos and I saw the MAGA guys yelling like with hats in there. And I mean, and dude, some of these MAGA guys, there was like a fat old man with them. There were young dudes. I don't know. I mean, it didn't look like a crew you'd want to hang out with, let alone have back you up in a fucking bar brawl. Uh, and then the comedians are shouting and the MAGA guys are shouting and they're pointing and they're, and they're gesturing. And, uh, and man, it made me nostalgic for the old days. It just, it just made me think to myself, you know what? Will somebody fucking do something here? Will somebody fucking throw a punch? Will anything happen? Because again, like I said, you lay the fucking guy out for hitting your girlfriend, but then if it spills out into the street, now you're not even in the bar anymore. The bouncers aren't going to interfere. And that's the worst part for guys like this, because all they're doing is shouting at one another. You stink. No, you stink. You stink. And a big fucking slap fight breaks out, but nobody makes any contact with one another. Nobody hits anybody. It's just like this tense situation where people are screaming and no, and nobody pulls the trigger. And, uh... God, you got to pull the fucking trigger at that point. I don't, I don't understand. It's, it's in this video, there's a guy shouting at another guy and in the background, you can just see everybody's got a phone. People are either on their phone and people are either filming the fucking thing or they're tweeting about it. Cause I will tell you, like I said, I followed it on Twitter and people are updating the tweet. You know, we've met, we've moved into the parking lot of the Griffin. Now, if you want to show up and, and all oh, these guys won't go away and we're shouting. And if you're dudes, this isn't, this isn't a fight at this point. If you're, if you're able to fucking live tweet your argument, you're, you're not effectively taking care of the problem at all. I mean, if these fuckers have hats and fucking dumb shirts and, and they got all sorts of rage from not jerking the fuck off, I'm sure they're ready to throw down, but then they're just barking in the street. And then these comedians show up, which again, I love the idea of, of comedians because I look, I know comedians. All right. Some guys are, are, you know, they're psychopaths probably, and they'd be ready to go at, but a lot of comedians are just like, they, their, their weapons are words, man. Their weapons are words. They're not five knuckle dudes. They're not just throwing bombs. They're just, they're just out there to fucking shout and yell and, and have cutting remarks and devastating tweets. And it's like, man, fuck this Downton Abbey shit. Somebody fucking hit somebody. God damn it. I'm watching the video. I'm reading about it. And in, in, I, again, I wish I'd have seen it in real time. I wish I'd have seen it in real time. Cause I'll be honest with you. 99% of me doesn't want to go to that thing. 99% of me is just like, fuck this. This is dumb. It's people shouting. It's in a bar. I hate bars. I don't, I don't, and I'm trying to avoid this sort of thing. I don't want to be mad. I don't want to be angry. I don't want to be hitting people. I don't want to be fighting people anymore. I just, I just, uh, I'm the lion in winter, so to speak. You know what I mean? Where it's like, uh, if I have to, I will, but, but it's gotta be a good cause. But, but if you're in that group and somebody hits a girl in your group, that's a good cause. You just got to start swinging. That whole fucking thing has to turn into the bar fucking fight from Hooper. Somebody's got to punch Terry Bradshaw in the face and have him spit a tooth in your fucking head. I mean, Jesus Christ. I I mean, I don't don't know how you could sit there and while a girl gets roughed up and then you're going to take it outside and keep fucking yelling. Somebody do something. Throw a punch. All these videos are guys, like I said, literally pointing. And another thing, this is our bar. No, we got to go to another bar. Well, you jerks. No, you're the jerk. I mean, what the fuck, man? He's yelling at one another and nobody doing, nobody throwing any hands. Nobody fucking just, 
busting it. You just it, it, there's there's a famous there's a funny rap line where you couldn't bust a grape in a fruit fight, and it's like yeah, none of these guys could, none of them. It's it's all these fucking malnourished fucking comedians who pale skin who live under the cover of darkness as they're trying to get their five minutes on stage, or they could be headliners. I don't know who the fuck was there. And then it's these doughy fucking MAGA dudes in their stupid hats and their dumb shirts and they're and they're scared of womenness and they're just you could just see they're just nobody wanted to do anything. And so that's why I say ninety nine percent of me wouldn't want to be there. But the other one percent of me would absolutely want to fucking be there. I just, you know why? Just because I gotta, I gotta fucking, someone's gotta set it off. You need a guy there who's ready. You need somebody there. Because again, if it's just two guys going, you suck, you suck, you're just a dick swinging contest. No, fuck that. Somebody's gotta, you, you gotta, you gotta dick slap somebody at that point. You gotta make something happen. I was praying. I was just waiting for anybody. Because again, I, you just, here's what you do. Here's what you fucking do. Either, either you just fucking slap the guy in the face. Because again, that's, if you just bitch slap a dude in the face, then you see if he's real, if he's about it. Because if he's gonna, if he's gonna fight, then then it's gonna go down. Because you just completely disrespected him by slapping him in the face. I did it to a fucking guy in a hotel in Fargo once. His fucking glasses went flying. I slapped him right in the face. I had come off stage too. I I, had a, I still had a fucking show to do that night. I slapped a guy in the fucking face. Did I tell that story on this show? Uh, maybe I didn't. We'll save it for year eleven. Um, but his fucking glasses just flew into the fucking distance. Uh. But that's when you find out if somebody's about it, because that because the sound freaks everybody the fuck out. You slap somebody in the face, and it just it it either it sets off immediately where everybody just fucking jams, or there's this beat where everybody hears the sound and backs off and just goes, "Oh man, I oh I didn't see that coming. Oh fuck, what the fuck, man, whatever." Uh, and the guy who slapped you, he's got to he's got to fight you, like Charlie Murphy said, you know, they, you don't slap a man. You know, they used to kill people in the old days for that shit. But if you, but that's what you do. If you're, if you got a guy and you're fucking arguing, 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 it's a bunch of shit. And it's not going anywhere. And you're really serious because you should be serious. If a fucking girl in your party got slugged or pushed or shoved or manhandled or anything, you got to take a fucking poke at this guy. You just slap him, slap him in the face and catch his ear too. Cause then that fucking rings his ears. And it, that, that's, that's no fun. That is no fun at all. Just get a whole hand slap. I have a pretty big hand. So that's why I mean, I catch, I can catch a whole fucking head. Uh, but if you, you do it, you just fucking go whole cheek and, and ear, even slap in the fucking ear. Like Dr. David Schultz did a fucking John Stossel. You just fucking, if you just fucking bell ring a guy, then you see if he's serious. And then you also see if his crew is serious. And then you see if your crew is serious too. I gotta be honest with you. If you're, if you're a bunch of fucking lanky comedians who are used to headlining at fucking road gigs for Tribble, uh, the, the, you, and you smack a dude in the face. You better hope those dudes are ready to fucking go to bat with you. you they got to go to war because otherwise, if the Proud Boys are all about it and they come charging at you, well, then it's it's just you and a sea of fucking hats and you can't fucking let that abide. You better hope your friends are ready to back you up. At least the chick who got shoved around better jump in for fuck's sake. Um, but that's what you do. You set it off. You just do a fucking thing. Slap a guy. Slap slap that guy who won't shut up, who's right in your face. Slap him. He's close enough. Fucking just arms length him and bam. Ring his ears. Just fucking just, or you, you can't pie face a guy because that's not going to do anything. If you fucking just slap a dude, because again, the sound, you have no idea the fucking sound and what it does to people around him. It just, it just makes everybody think fucking two or three times. So either you're going to set it off and we're going to go, or you're going to end it by slapping that guy in the fucking head, in, in the face. And, and I will tell you this. From what I've seen on Twitter and everything else uh, these days with everybody insulting one another and yelling and bitching and moaning, but then getting offended by everything that's said and running away and, and looking to hide. And just, I just, 
I look, I've talked on here. I don't know anything about masculinity. I don't know what it means to be a man. I, I used to overcompensate for it by trying to fight all the fucking time because I'd have this rage inside me and I didn't know how to fucking deal with it. I thought that's how men dealt with shit. You know, I, I basically, I was, I, my, my male role model came from the movie Thief. I actually did a podcast with a woman. I don't know when it comes out. I think this month sometime. And, and she was like five movies. It was the, it's called Movies That Made Me Podcast. And so I had to pick five movies and I picked Thief because I, at, at 14 when I'm in a fucking theater watching that and, and I see how James Conn acts. I'm like, oh, that's how a man acts. Okay, he's got a gun in his waistband at all times. He fucks people up. I mean, that's just, that's kind of where I gleaned it from. Because I didn't have a guy, a man, to tell me who to be. So, uh, so, <laughs> so you, you just think to yourself that what you do is you go in with swagger and you fucking, you take care of it. You hit a guy. You fucking, you just, you just jack him. But I mean, that's the thing is nobody's about it anymore. Nobody's about it in that way. You see these guys on Twitter and they moan and they fight. And then if you, if you, if you hit somebody inevitably, I mean, how many times you see, I talked about this before. There's a reporter and he gets in a girl's, you know, he's trying to, the girl who got grabbed by Corey Lewandowski at fucking Trump's thing last year or whatever the fuck, two years ago at the convention. And there's a guy who works for Breitbart or Infowars or one of those fucking sites and a gateway pundit maybe and he was hiding out with a fucking microphone and he ambushed her and her boyfriend and he's like hey Corey didn't really hurt you did it and he sticks a microphone in her face and her boyfriend comes over and he goes that's enough and he kind of he pushes the guy out of the way now he doesn't really he didn't tune the guy up he literally goes that's enough and he puts a hand out and pushes him and the guy falls to the ground ah ah oh my arm did you see it did you get it on tape oh we're, we're filing assault charges that's what you're dealing with you're dealing with these paparazzi idiots from TMZ who try to bait you into doing something stupid so you'll take a poke at them, they can sue you, and they can own you, or they can send you to jail. There's always these people, ah, ah. I mean, I saw a thing, uh, Maxine Waters is, is a, like a Democratic congresswoman from California, and the, a guy confronted her. He's, he's bullying her, he's talking to her with a fucking microphone, and she, she used her papers to like brush him out of the way, like shove him out of the way, and he's like, oh my God, did you catch that? She shoved me. Did you see her shove me? And then the headline of his story is, Maxine Waters shoves me under questioning. Or whatever. It's like... They've, they've weaponized this shit. And so that's why I'm saying it's just, it's just a lot of chatter. It's just a lot of back and forth. It's all a giant fucking slap fight. And, and, and all of these fights are fought with phones. They film it. And when you're being filmed, people think that you won't do anything. They tweet it. They live tweet it. Hey, you got to get over here. We're doing this. We're having a big what? An argument? A shindig? I can't fucking come over there for an argument. Now, if you guys are going to fucking throw down, if you're, if you're, if you're going to go greasers and show socias, I'll come over there. Me and Pony Boy will stay gold and show up in your fucking corner. But half the fucking time, it's guys, you cross this line. No, you cross this line. You cross this line. You cross this line. And they're yelling. And everybody's fucking yelling. And you know what they needed? And Because I thought of this when I saw it. Again, I watched it all. The next day, I mean, I, I guess I want to say in retrospect, but I, I watched it all unfold the next day. And, and I, I, you know what they needed? They needed a Chaz Palminteri. That's what you fucking needed. You needed a Chaz Palminteri at that thing. The MAGA guys are shouting. The fucking, uh, the, the Proud Boys are shouting and the comedians are shouting. All you needed was one comedian, one guy. Like, and I, and I, I would have volunteered to be this guy. You be, here's what you do. Like I said, you either slap a guy in the face if you're, if you're ready and you're about it. Cause if with the girl getting shoved, you gotta be ready to go. You gotta be ready to throw. That's just the way it should work. You should have got outside and it should have just been lit up in a fucking, just like a fucking cloud of dust and ampersands and exclamation points flying the fuck out of it. It should have just been a dosey do man. Just a fucking rangadang. And uh, a rowdy dow, if you will. However, uh, if you're just outside arguing and you're going back and forth, back and forth, and guys are shouting and just shouting, you're just—it's just a loud contest at that point. You need one guy who's quiet. 
That's what you need. You need a Chaz Palminteri. And I would I would have been that guy. I would have volunteered to be that guy. You know, in the old days. Not now. I'm old now, man. Please. I'm not trying to but there's still that in me. There's still that fucking instinct where you're just like you start vibrating and you want to fucking just dive in. Like I said, when I got into the fight, I got into a fucking basically a gang fight in a movie theater. And uh and and just I saw a punch thrown and I just dove in. I just started hitting people on my side, their side. I didn't give a fuck. I just started swinging. I went in like a fucking Tasmanian devil and just rolled in just fucking hitting everybody, throwing bodies, pushing dudes, pie facing, punching. It was great. God damn, it was exhilarating. Um but I recognize you can't do that shit anymore. And I don't want to be that guy half the fucking time now. Well, most of the time. Now, fuck that. 99% of the time, I don't want to be that guy. But if it, but if you're with, if you're in a crew and somebody hits your girl or hits one of your buddy's girls, you got to fucking throw down. You can't sit and yell in the street. You can't just point and yell. You can't. You either slap a guy in the face to, to set the whole fucking thing off, or while the yelling's going on and all the yelling's going on, you just, you have a, you have a palmentary. You got a Chaz palmentary, and he comes over, and that one dude who's yelling, the guy at the Proud Boy, he's barking, 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 he's got his fucking eyes glaring, his hat rolling, you just, you, you go up to him and you just lean over. And you just, you get right in his ear and he, you know, he, cause he's, you're, and you're breaking his personal space and he'll probably say you're breaking his personal space and whatever the fuck you're violating, whatever the fuck. But just you look him right in the eyes and then you lean into his ear and you just go, pick your best guy. Pick your best guy. We'll pick our best guy. You pick your best guy. And we'll have it out for the bar. And I know that sounds like old school nonsense, but I I have to think that that's the way it would have been settled back in the 30s and the 40s or whatever the fuck. Yeah, there's a, a bunch of gangs and bike chains and people with sticks and shit like that. But you know what? Just pick your best guy. Let's just beat, let's just beat it. Let's do, let's beat this, beat it, this motherfucker. Tie my wrist to his wrist and we'll just, we'll get stupid jackets and wear them and we'll just fucking go. But seriously, that's all you got to do. Lean forward to a guy and just go pick your best guy. Cause you got a crew. We got a crew. Pick your best guy. You win, you get the bar. We'll walk. We'll take off. We win, we get the bar. But we also get the hats and the fucking shirts. And if they want to go, they'll go. And if they want to leave, they'll leave. Because if they're serious, they'll fight. But if not, then why are you yelling at him in the fucking street? You're not going to talk some guy out of being a white supremacist. You're not going to convince a guy to jerk off. These guys have chosen their lot in life. So either fucking do it or don't but filming and tweeting and 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 all of this fucking the the worst construct on twitter is uh whoa hold on a second are you telling me and then they say something everybody fucking knows about the administration or nazis or whatever the fuck you know yeah nazis are bad we get it white supremacists suck absolutely so if you've got the opportunity in the street and you're both shouting at one another just get in their ear and tell them to pick their best fucking guy Let's get, you know, you master race, supremacy, Aryans, whatever the fuck. Pick your guy. We'll pick ours. Either that or just slap him in the fucking face. But I'll tell you this. I'll tell you what. After seeing these tweets and these videos and hearing the comedians are defending the Griffin. Because, again, the, the guy who owns the Griffin. Now, he, you know, it goes around on Twitter. Uh, boycott the Griffin for like two days. And uh, and the owner is, I think, Jewish, and he writes a long thing where he's like, "Man, I'm really sorry I wasn't there. I got to talk to my staff and figure it out." But then comedians are like, "No, man, you can't let the, you, you let these shitbags in your bar. And the, your staff didn't do anything about it, so we're boycotting the fucking Griffin." Bum. And it's like, dude, the guy wasn't even fucking there. The guy who owns the bar. 
You can't shut his fucking bar down because these assholes showed the fuck up and maybe two guys were sympathetic to it. You know, if you, if you want him to fire the bouncer, maybe fire the bartender, or the manager, whoever the fuck let him in, fine. But closing a guy's bar, his livelihood, because some shitbags came in and fucking yelled at you? Jesus Christ. I don't have a solution, by the way. I don't know what the fuck to do. Like I said, I got I know what to do in the street. If you want to lean over and just go pick your best guy or slap him in the face, that's what you got. You got two choices because you can set it off or you can re- or just draw the last line in the sand and be ready to fucking go. But I'll tell you what, you know, so the Griffin, then they opened, uh, they're opening this week with like a charity event I heard or something like, cause they were closed on Sunday. They fucking shut it down. They said, we won't be open cause we got I don't know if they had a, again, diversity training, which is all bullshit when Starbucks closed for a day. What do you, what, what was that about? They came in and go, Hey guys, be nice to black people. If you're not, if you weren't nice to black people before, you're not going to be nice to black people because they closed it for a day and made you take an eight hour course. If anything, you're going to be more mad at black people for making you take an eight hour course, even though they didn't make it, it was the fucking shit bag who called the cops. People, you're not going to change their minds with this shit. Shit, diversity training and all this other stuff. You see people in the streets now shouting on, on, on phones, calling people, you know, wetbacks and telling them to go back to Mexico and calling black people the N-word and asking them why they got fucking socks, you know, calling calling the cops because they're using coupons at CBS. What the fuck has happened to this world? I don't know. I don't fucking know. I mean, I, I just, I, and I can't, I can't attest to it being good. Uh, well, fuck no, it's bad. It's fucking bad. I was going to say, I can't say it's good or bad. I don't want to waffle on this shit. This is fucked. And, uh, and I, and I don't, I don't know what to do. I got no fucking solution for you, but I do know this from seeing all the tweets and all the videos from that night. Um, I think I'm getting back into comedy at the right time. <laughs> I think, I think this is a scene that needs me for fuck's sake. So this, this scene needs a guy who's willing to fucking chaz or slap. That's it. That's what this whole fucking scene needs. They need a big fucking idiot to come in and chaz or slap. And let's fucking set it off. <laughs> you guys can get me at MikeAndMikeSchmidtComedy.com. You guys can be my friends at Facebook.com slash the 40-year-old boy. You guys can... Oh, look at me chuckling at myself. Yeah, shut the fuck up. You're not that funny. Um, no, I am fucking funny. Fuck that. I'm great. Uh, so please, as I mentioned, here I, this is the plugs. I'm telling you where to find me, and I'm telling you I'm not funny. That's so wrong. I just disproved all that for the past fucking hour. Uh... Or maybe I didn't disprove it. I, I, there's a lot of circular talking in there. Why, why am I doubting myself in the middle of the plug? Stop it. Uh, let's start over. You guys can get me at Mike at MikeSchmidtComedy.com. You guys can be my friend at Facebook.com slash The40YearOldBoy. You can follow me at Twitter.com slash The40YearOldBoy. Did you know that? I hope you did. Uh, I'm on Twitter over there taking photos and posting videos of me shouting in the street at people. And uh, and just literally <laughs> this whole this whole fucking fight was just Yosemite Sam going, there's steam coming out of people's ears and nobody setting it the fuck off. Um, and look, I'm, I, you know, I like chaos to a certain extent. Uh, so I would have loved to seen it. Just I, a, a big fucking gang throwdown between white supremacists and comedians. Let's see that fucking happen. God damn it. Uh, all right. So here's the deal. You can uh, follow me, like I said, at, uh, twitter.com, twitter.com slash the 40 year old boy. I'm also on Snapchat and Instagram. Did you know that I am? I'm lurking over there at Snapchat and Instagram at Mike four zero Y O B. I'm at Mike four zero Y O B at both Snapchat and Instagram. And I'm on Twitch. The 40 year old boy is on Twitch and it's, it's just that the 40 year old boy. Please follow me on Twitch because I plan on doing some streaming, uh, soon. Once I can get Jaden over here and Geo on the Skype and we can get all the cameras and stuff hooked up. I was hoping to have it uh, done by August 1st. We'll see what happens here. We're, uh, it's a race against time, the pit and the pendulum. Check the rhythm and rhymes when I'm sending them. Haha, <laughs> that's some PE for you. Uh, but we'll see. But, uh, but in the meantime, there is other streaming uh, going on. I'll tell you about that in a second. 
Uh, did you know that Ryan Dirks does all the web stuff for this show? I think you should know that. I should go ahead and bring that to you. And he's very busy these days. He's getting all sorts of packages in his email. I hope he writes me soon. Hint, hint, Ryan Dirks. Uh, Ryan, this is totally true. Let's all congratulate him. He just graduated. Uh, at, I don't know if it was like an actual college, but he's a he's graduated. He's a now he's now a square dance caller, like an official square dance caller. So again, like I always say, he's on the farm and he's working. Uh, dudes, this, I'm not kidding. This guy is committed to the bit. This guy has moved to the farm. He's raising fucking cows and tomatoes, and uh, and he's now a square dance caller. And he will Alaman left you like nobody's fucking business. Uh, and also do your website. He's the guy. So Ryan Dirks is our guy. Go to Facebook.com/slash/RyanDirks and tell him that you want to dosey his fucking dough. Uh, and tell him uh, to tell me an email it's, or send me an email. Eat mail? Send me an email as well uh, because I had to talk to him. He won't fucking answer my emails. Um, don't really tell him that. He will answer me. It's just a matter of he's very busy. All right. Uh, what else? Oh, yeah. You know, our friend Giovanni Giorgio Peluso. Giovanni Giorgio Peluso is the coolest of the cool, and he handles all a, a whole lot of web stuff for us as well. Uh, not website stuff, but like internet stuff. Geo went ahead and built our YouTube channel, which is out there now. You can go to the YouTube channel for the 40-year-old boy. All of the archives of the show are available, as well as archives of live streams that I've just started recently doing. What? Yes, I have. Last week, I did two live streams, courtesy of uh, my laptop. I guess I, I should give it a shout-out. Why not? Uh, but I did live streams, and uh, it turned out that I was at, because I was at Mexi Park, and David and I went ahead and greeted the fans, and we gave a preview of uh, the new website. We gave a preview of the interlude. It was fun, and and it made me think that this is actually a viable thing. Not that I didn't think it wasn't viable, but I, you know, Gio and I always go back and forth. Uh, but everybody was very nice, and they showed up, and and it was cool, and I had a good time talking. I, I sh- literally the first night I showed up, I was only doing it like five minutes because I wanted to see the format and the interface and exactly what I needed to do. And then one person showed up. Uh, our friend Manny Garcia was the first guy to show up and I started talking to Manny and then more people showed up and then people started writing and I started talking to them. And before you know it, an hour and 40 minutes had flown by. I literally did an hour and 40 minute live stream just sitting on a day bed in fucking Mexi Park and we gave previews of things and we talked and, uh, and I liked interacting with the people in the chat room. It was really fun. More of those to come. As a matter of fact, one of them will be coming up tomorrow night or no tonight. I apologize. Uh, Thursday. Um, yeah, it's actually, yeah, tomorrow, no, tomorrow's Wednesday, Thursday. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I got confused there. Uh, Thursday night at, I got to pick a time here, right? Don't I got to pick a time? Um, let's call it uh, 6 o'clock p.m. Pacific. So that's 8 o'clock in the east, uh, 7 o'clock in Mountain, I think. And uh, no, it's, I know it's 9 o'clock in the east, 8 o'clock in uh, Chicago. Uh, just in Chicago, nowhere else. And then it's uh, 7 o'clock Mountain Time. And I know, and I, I made a joke about Mountain Time, and then I had people step up and go, I'm in Mountain Time, you dick. Uh, because, you know, everybody thinks I'm an insensitive clod when I don't uh, mention them. And so I mentioned Mountain Time now to tell you 7 o'clock. So we'll do it. We'll do it at 6 o'clock p.m. And I'm going to set a YouTube alert, whatever, to let people know. And it'll just be, you know, it might just be me for 15 minutes. It might be me for a half an hour talking and interacting, and we can talk about this episode if you want. You can come in and say, hey, that was funny, or boo, that was not. Uh, although I would prefer the former and not the latter. If you didn't enjoy this, keep it to yourself, motherfucker. Uh, unless you want to shout at me outside of a bar and get fucking clocked. Uh, I'm not hitting anybody anymore. I'm not. Uh, but sometimes you think about it. Boy, does it cross your mind. Anyway, Giovanni Giorgio Peluso does all of the YouTube stuff. So I'll be streaming Thursday night, tonight, at 6 o'clock p.m. in the West 7 o'clock p.m. Mountain, 8 o'clock p.m. in the Midwest, and then uh, 9 o'clock p.m. in the East. 
and I, I think that applies for Canada as well. And uh, I don't know. Look, if you're overseas, I can't help you. I don't. I don't mean to be that guy. I don't know the times right now. I know that Japan is 19 minutes ahead of me. So if you're in Japan tomorrow, it will be at uh, let's see, six, and then so one in the morning, the next morning. Yes. No, one in, the, one in the afternoon, the next day. So yeah, 1, 8, 1 p.m. Friday. Jesus, I'm trying to do quick math. Uh, so go to the YouTube channel, The 40-Year-Old Boy. Subscribe to it, too, because not only this, look, if you can't make the live stream, Geo always puts them up after the fact, and then you can go watch them and revel in the fact that I was shouting and yelling with everybody, and you don't know who they are, but just know that there were words on my screen that I was reacting to. And, uh, hold on, fuck. Fucking yawn. That's good. That's attractive. Um... So go check out the YouTube channel, watch and, and subscribe because it makes YouTube think I'm a hitter, but also check out some of the videos, check out some of the audio that we got there because, uh, again, that also helps the show. If you go ahead and check out videos, every showing uh, goes ahead and gets people on board and lets YouTube think that I'm making some money and I get, I think I get a, a penny. That's a lie. I get a quarter of a penny for every every view. So please go boost those numbers up and, uh, and come to the live streams, man. Like I said, I'll be doing this one on Thursday and I'll always be scheduling them. Uh, I'll definitely be doing a couple next week because next week we're not here. As you know, the show is dark, except for the interlude, which I will talk about on the other side. Uh, or I can talk about it right... Well, I'm not going to talk about it right now. I'll talk about it on the other side. But I will tell you that, uh, again, Giovanni Giorgio Peluso is available at Facebook.com slash Giovanni Giorgio Peluso. Find him there and be his friend. Check out his podcast. He's got the uh, Get It On podcast, the G-A-O-G-I-O podcast. And then, of course, he has the... Uh, uh, the Outdoors FAQ podcast, which is there, and all the Loveline stuff he does for Adam and Drew. I call them Adam and Drew because I think I know them because Gio knows them and I get by proxy to be their friend. Uh, so please check out all of Gio's stuff that he does on the web because he's great. Our music and our artwork is done by the great David Mexerdanis. He is my great friend. He is in Chicago right now, lurking and waiting and doing things, important things, painting uh, website stuff. He's doing all the best stuff. Uh, and so you can go ahead and find him at facebook.com slash David Mex Hernandez and be his friend on there and see all of his Mex memes and things that he creates in the moment. But I'll tell you this, if you want to hire the guy to do something for you, and why wouldn't you? Of course you would. Go to artbydmh.com, that's A-R-T-B-Y-D-M-H.com, and get him on board with you in doing something special, something extravagant, something lovely. Now, you can buy an existing piece of artwork from him. He's got uh, Valscapes, he's got Guy Cons available now. He's always producing new art that he winds up having. Because, I, dude, I went to his house. He's got paintings drying all over the place. Because that guy, that's a fucking workaholic. That dude, I don't even, I, I can't even get into it. I mean, I, you know, I do this show. And, and this, is, this show's a fucking thing. It's an undertaking. You know what I mean? I got to come and be funny in front of a microphone from anywhere from one to three hours every week. Uh, but David is doing a painting a day. And he's just, he's just banging stuff out. He's writing songs. He's just, he's just, uh, he's a renaissance man. And I wish I had his work ethic. Cause then, uh, he wouldn't be so angry at me for not having his work ethic. <laughs> but, uh, but again, you can go to artbydmh.com and check out all the existing art pieces he has for sale now. Also, you can hire him to do an art piece for you. If you want him to do a custom piece of you, uh, having a work ethic, if you want to do a custom piece of your dog, if you want to do a custom piece of you with a Ramon shirt on playing the drums like our great friend Stephen Popkin did in, uh, in whatchamacallit, in, uh, in, in New York, where he lives, uh, after he took, me, he took me to Wo Hop for Chinese food when I went and met him out there before. Uh, Stephen is the man who went ahead and ordered that from David Hernandez, and you can too, folks. If you go to art, artbydmh.com, art, art, that sounded like a weird thing. Artbydmh.com is the website. Hire him to do something personal for you or buy one of the existing pieces. He deserves it. You deserve it, for fuck's sake. Find him at artbydmh.com. That's A-R-T-B-Y-D-M-H dot com. 
You're listening to The 40-Year-Old Boy and later, The Jerk-Off Journals, recorded in a studio that always smells like bleach. Well worth the money. Best investment I've ever made. The Fleshlight is just awesome. Really? Yeah. you got to get one, man. You I just I just can't see dropping 100 bucks or whatever the fuck it is just to jerk off. That's a. will just make my own. <laughs> How are you going to make your own? I'll just take a flashlight, smash out the glass, and line it with ham. They make a gold mine talking about Shaft. The Jerk Off Journals on the Mike Schmidt Podcasting Network. Dude, why do we always fuck food? Folks, let's talk Seattle. Let's talk the Emerald City. Let's talk uh, Washington. Let's talk uh, due north from me. True north, perhaps, even. If I walk a straight line from my house north, perhaps I will arrive in Seattle in time for my shows. Did you know I have shows in Seattle coming up? You should know. I've told you over and over. Uh, and I'll tell you again, folks, and I will start a full-on social media blitz these next couple of weeks trying to get people to buy some tickets because that would be cool. Wouldn't that be cool if people bought tickets to my show? Uh, when I say my show, I mean my show and Graham Elwood's show. That is the uh, Thursday, August 9th, Saturday, August 11th. We are at the Jewel Box at the Rendezvous in Seattle. Thursday night is a political night. Um, I may repurpose some of the stuff I talked about tonight into that show. Whenever I find myself talking about politics, I'm like, maybe I could throw that into a bit uh, because I have to write a whole fucking thing of politics for Thursday night, 8, 9, uh, August 9, because, uh, you know, Graham's going to do his political vigilante thing, and I don't want to disappoint the people who come to see that. I need to go ahead and get on stage and talk about some politics, so I'm doing that. Uh, I'll open for Graham, and then he'll come out and close it hardcore with his political vigilante stuff. And then Saturday, August 11th, uh, we're doing a storytelling stand-up type show, and then uh, I'll, I'll close that out with whatever the fuck I'm going to wind up doing. I don't know. Cincinnati worked out great. I went up doing fucking two and a half hours on stage there, and that was totally fun. And I don't, I didn't really tell stories. I just, it was almost like a podcast. Basically, I just sat and talked. I talked a lot about the race, but I didn't get to the race till an hour and forty minutes into the fucking thing. So then I talked about the race for an hour. I'm, I'm verbose, if nothing else, folks. You know that. I'll go on and on if you'll let me. Will you? Will you let me? Will you indulge me? Uh, Thursday, August 9th, Saturday, August 11th. Tickets are on sale now, and they're at brownpapertickets.com. Please get some tickets. I don't mean to be begging. I'm not begging. I'm asking. It would be cool if you showed up, because uh, right now, it's, uh, you know, there's going to be an echo in the room, and I can't have that. I don't want to have that. We're going to Seattle. And look, I'm going for other reasons, too. I'm going to see Pearl Jam a couple of nights, which is going to be fucking fantastic. You'll get to hear about that on stage. I uh, Somebody in the chat, hey, let me throw this out there. Anybody, Whoever was, saw, was in the live stream chat with me last week and said, Schmitty, when you're in Seattle, we got to go for roast pork sandwiches. Hey, fuck, yes, contact me, send me an email or whatever, because uh, we're going for roast pork sandwich. I'm there Thursday, or Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, leaving Sunday. Uh, Wednesday, you know, I'm, I'm flying to town, and then I got the concert that night. Uh, Thursday, I got the show that night. I'll probably be working. I don't eat uh, on a show day until after, probably. But Friday, again, I got the concert. Whatever the fuck, roast pork? I'll make, I'll make time for that shit. I, roast pork, dude, there's, are there any two words that that go that that elicit a response. Is there any? Are there any two great words that go together to create a? Is there any phrase, any better phrase, created by two words than roast pork, other than maybe shaved pussy? I think that would be the only other one that would compete with roast pork for me. Uh, you you know your mileage may vary. You might like something else, <laughs> but I'm going to say roast pork and shaved pussy are are they? Uh, that's it. 
God damn it, I'm on board. If that's a party. That is a goddamn party. I got a birthday coming up. I should put that on the invitations. See how we do. You know what? Fuck it. That's what we're doing in Seattle. Thursday night is roast pork. Saturday night is shaved pussy. So come pick a night and come on out. We'll have a great time. See, that's that's the key. You got to go throw phrases in there. It's not about mar- it's about marketing. It's about branding, folks. So Thursday's roast pork night and Saturday's shaved pussy night. Come on in. Well, and I'll, I don't even know what the fuck that means. Does it mean if you bring roast pork and a shaved pussy, you get in on those nights? I don't know. Am I passing them out? Who knows? You got to buy a ticket and find the fuck out. Uh, but that's happening in Seattle at the Jewel Box of the Rendezvous Thursday, 8, 9, Saturday, 8, 11. And I'll be in town, like I said, for like four days. So whoever wanted to bring me for roast pork, I'm in. And by the way, whoever contacted me and said they had shaved pussy for me in Seattle, also you contact me too. I've, I've lost your number as well. Um... So please buy tickets for Seattle. Brownpapertickets.com is the place to buy all of those tickets. And uh, and you know what? Here's another thing. I'm going to say it now. I don't. Uh, it's not official, uh, but I, I know I'm going to be in Toronto in September. And I don't know. If, I think I'm doing a show. I don't have the name of the place yet. I don't have it all set up. Uh, I actually reached out to a theater myself this week and unfortunately was turned down. But I think our friends in Seattle, Rick Wellbanks and and our friend Ken and everybody, uh, Rick might have stepped up and found a venue. So I think there's a show in Toronto in September. Uh, as, as soon as I have the dates on that and everything, I'll figure it out and I'll let you know. Probably, obviously not next week because we're, we're dark, other than the fucking badass interlude, which is going to be here. Um, but you won't hear me talking next week. Well, you hear me talking within the context of the song. And very rarely do I do plugs within the song for, for a show that's going to be in Toronto. What if that was all the interlude was about? It was about my show, my upcoming mysterious show in Toronto. Uh, all right, so please, buy tickets to see me in Seattle. That'd be great. Did you know I'm on the Cameo app? You should. I tell you about that all the goddamn time. The Cameo app is an app that you can get on your phone. Bookcameo.com is also the address, I believe. Uh, Cameo app, download it, and uh, you can hire me to shout at somebody via phone message. I film myself in my house or my car or wherever, and it's a customized five-minute, six-minute message for you, for you, uh, not for me. It's a beautiful world. It's a beautiful world. It's a beautiful world uh, for you. I'm sorry. I'm going to do that whole fucking song. Um, so please go ahead and, uh, find a way to include me in your cameo plans. If you want me to shout at somebody for their birthday, if you want me to tell somebody thumbs up for their graduation, if you want me to wish somebody luck as they go away to college, uh, if you just want me to, you know what? I'll tell you this. If you book me for a cameo and you just want me to like fucking, uh, what is that? Uh, MDR. What's that? That what's that voice thing. DMR, DMSR. That's what it is. Dance, music, sex, romance. If you want me to do that for you, I'll do it. Uh, whatever that is. E, uh, I don't know what the fuck. EMD. That's electronic. I don't know. EDM. That's electronic daisy uh, or electronic uh, whatever the fuck. Who cares? The point is, uh, if you want me to do something, uh, if you want me to do it like an eight hour thing so you can sleep to it, what if you did that and hired me to do that? You got a book of, that's more than one cameo. I Don't kid yourselves. That That's a serious price. If you want me to just call you and talk you to sleep, because uh, when I was when I was when I stayed at uh, what the fuck uh, the monastery up up north, Fruitful Jesuits joint, um, I wound up staying there, and it was uh, and I I was worried I couldn't sleep because there was no fan in the room, so I literally I put my laptop open and I listened to on YouTube I listened to a train going in the rain for and it was like an, on an eight hour loop, and I mean I was asleep in a fucking in you know ten minutes, but I mean I, I would wake up and it was still on and it was a tra- it was a train. Just running in the rainstorm. I know it was, goddamn, I loved it. So I guess my point is, if you want my voice to put you to sleep, go ahead and contact me, but I don't have a train or a rainstorm. There was no point. There was, I, I keep saying I, my point is, there was no fucking point to this at all. The point is, Cameo exists, book me if you want. Uh, Patreon also exists, did you know that? 
Patreon exists. It's out there now. If you sign up for the Patreon page, it's fucking great. Uh, we got some videos that I did over by David that are going to come up, and they're, they're appropriately silly. And then other things going forward in year 11, I plan on being a lot more active. As I've mentioned, live streaming on YouTube, live streaming for the Patreon page. All sorts of stuff like that exists. And uh, let's welcome our new $3 patron, Mike Hazen. Michael, thank you, sir. Thank you so much for jumping on board. And, uh, and did I mention Timothy Quill? I think I did. But Mike Hazen is now a Patreon uh, patron, and I appreciate that very much. You're the coolest, Mike. Uh, there's your shout-out, and uh, perhaps you'll get more shout-outs in the future. Who knows? You deserve them. But Mike Hazen is now a Patreon patron. Patreon patron. Uh, I can't, can't pronounce those the same way. And, uh, and thank you so much. And so if you want to be a Patreon, go to the uh, patreon.com and put in the 40 year old boy or Mike Schmidt, just Google Mike Schmidt, Patreon. I think it's patreon.com slash the 40 year old boy or, uh, Mike for YOB. Let's double check the address. Why don't I pull up the internet while I'm sitting here talking to you guys? Let's go ahead and fill some time as I talk off the top of my goddamn head. And I try to pull up the Patreon page so I can give you an address. You'd think I would have done this before I started the goddamn show. And yet here I am doing it right now while we're on the air and I've pulled it up and it's patreon.com slash Mike for YOB, patreon.com slash Mike four zero Y O B please jump on board and become a patron, a Patreon of this show or a Patreon patron of this show. Uh, it will help going forward. And like I said, I want to go do more live stuff. I want to do uh, a ton of stuff and I should probably pay attention more to the stuff I promised on Patreon. Yes, I get that. Uh, but I'm there and it's coming. It's coming. It's coming so soon. It's coming like George Washington. Uh, so please become a patron at there at Patreon. What else? Sponsors. Did you know we have a sponsor for this show? We do. It's the fucking Fearful Jesuit, who I just mentioned a second ago with this goddamn show called The Paranoid Strain. Uh, it is a fantastic show. In this week's, uh, this month's show, I should tell you, this episode, uh, he's going to shoot me in the fucking head. He's traveling overseas right now, but when he hears this, he's going to be very angry and disappointed at me. But uh, I did not get a chance. I still have not heard this month's episode, and he's very angry. He actually sent it me ahead of time, and then I traveled, and then I got home, and I should have listened to it. And uh, and it's just, it's, I don't listen to podcasts, but I, I, I love his show. I just don't, I just forget, because I'm that guy. I'm old. I'm an old man. Uh, I'm thinking about slapping fucking white supremacists. Why I, I can't concentrate on that. Um, but he's the best, and he actually he he counts on me to listen because he wants to hear exactly what I think. Well, I mean, I can tell you in an overall sense, his show's fantastic, but he wants to hear what I think of specific episodes. I know that this one is about 9-11 truthers and all the batshit crazy fucking people who are out there talking about 9-11. The artwork for the show is amazing, created by his own personal in-house artist. Uh, and then he's got a, the next show he does is actually going to be a sequel to this one, and he and I were talking about the artwork for it, and I had a pretty good idea for it, I thought. I don't want to give it away. Um, but we'll see. We'll see if he winds up using it. But the point is, go to iTunes and find The Paranoid Strain, Please subscribe to it on iTunes, listen to it, tell them it's great, write them a note, make a review on iTunes. That would be super cool. And if you mention us, say you heard it on the 40-year-old boy, Mike Schmidt told you to fucking uh, leave a great review about it. Uh, or contact him, too. When you listen to the show, he gives his address out. And uh, and he's you know he loves when people interact. So he might have you have your voice. He might have you call in and do something. He's uh, he's just a fucking craftsman. He's a guy, like I said, I'm fascinated by people who can't do the, th- who do the things I can't do. And he has the discipline to go ahead and work on a show for a fucking month and put it together. And I just, you know, I sit here and I talk about slapping dudes in the face. But it's a great show, The Paranoid Strain. Please leave us uh, a, a review in iTunes and, and talk about how the show has, you know, affected you, how it's great, what you enjoyed about it. And write him a personal to tell him that, uh, that we've turned you on to the show. So he knows that this is effective, that he knows that we're hitters, and that uh, and this is a good thing for him to be a sponsor of this show. Uh, even if I haven't listened yet, he's going to fucking kill me. He's just going to fucking kneecap me. And that's like, or he'll probably send some sneaky monks. What was that fucking movie with Tom Hanks? Uh, Angels in America? No. 
the fucking Da Vinci Code. That's what it was. Because I was thinking about angels coming to kill you. Because though, isn't that there's the fucking albino dude and fucking in that show and and Tom Hanks has that bad haircut and then the, the albino dude is an angel and he's really trying to kill people. I didn't look. I didn't see the movie or read the book. I know it was a phenomenon, but uh, but that's a fearful Jesuit. He has. He has those kind of connections. He's fucking religious. He might send some shady ninja monks to come down here and beat the fuck out of me because I haven't listened to his goddamn episode yet. And I wouldn't blame him. I deserve it. That's one ass whooping I have to take. A couple of guys in hoods show up with a bowl cut. They eat some rice. They ring a gong and they beat the fuck out of me. I'll just, I'll take that beating because it's my fault. I should have listened to the show by now. But however, you can pick up the slack by listening to the show for me. And I'll listen this week. And uh, and you know what? I'll tell you that. Here's a bonus. If you listen to the show and you want to talk about it, because I'm going to listen to the show, uh, maybe maybe on the YouTube stream I'll talk about it. No, I can't because I, I won't have time to listen to it tomorrow because i got other stuff to do. I can't make these promises. The point is, listen to it, contact me, and maybe we'll have a little study group. We'll talk about it amongst ourselves. But I will listen. And you should too. And then you should write a review and you should contact uh, J- Fearful Jesuit and tell him you love the Paranoid Strain because we asked you to listen. That'll make him happy and make us happier. Uh, and also, did you know that MikeSchmidtComedy.com exists? It does. I tell you that every goddamn week. You can go to the website, go to the Joe Business page, and, uh, you know, I'm telling you, you should go there now and look at it, because in its current incarnation, it won't be lasting much longer. But go look at the one that we have. I think, uh, is, that, is our page the hobo page right now on, on there? No, we got the Viking page. We got the fucking, with me on the fucking death throne, and there's Lily and David and skulls and all that kind of stuff. The Joe business page is badass. And we've got, you know, still stuff for sale. Somebody actually bought a Stop Making Schmidt Live thing this week, a live package with the video and the audio. And, uh, you know, let's talk about who that was. Let's bring that person's name up, as a matter of fact, since I'm so woefully unprepared here. It's so silly. Uh, it was our friend Mark Melnick. Thank you, Mark. I appreciate you signing up and, and buying the Stop Making Schmidt video package. If you want to write me and tell me what you thought about it, that would be great. Uh, but the Stop Making Schmidt video package is on sale there still. Uh, I believe Schmidt Comes Alive and Schmidt Alive 2 are also on sale there, as well as all the old podcasts. If you don't want to go to YouTube, if you want to own these things, the Stop Making, or I'm sorry, the Schmidt, uh, we've got the Seven Deadly Schmidt's box set, but you'll get all your, all 10 years. Whatever, you, whatever price you pay for the whole set, I'll give you all 10 years, obviously. But... If you just want to buy individual sets, you can do that as well. It's all up to you guys. Go out there, b- browse around, check out the links. But the most important link you should check out at the Joe Business page on MikeSchmidtComedy.com is the Amazon link because that's cool, man. It's uh, We get money, they get money, you get stuff. It works out perfectly. You're going to be shopping at Amazon anyway. You know what? I missed Prime Week this week. I wanted to fucking tell everybody that they should use my link for Prime Week. Hopefully some of you guys did. Um, but I just, I feel like such a fucking whore telling you, Hey, if you're, you're, cause on a Monday, I'm like, Hey, it's prime day. You should use my link. Wee. And that's the way it's my fucking job. I should realize that. But instead I go, maybe people don't want to hear me tell them about fucking prime week. Uh, but, and also I tell you guys about Amazon, you know me, you know, I've got an Amazon link. It's not like anything I tell you on the fucking web's going to make you go, Oh, you know what? Yeah. I got to use Mike's fucking link. I tell you about it all the goddamn time. It's, it's right there. It's on the tip of your tongue. It's at the edge of your, uh, the, it's at the edge of 17 is where it is. <laughs> Just like, it's like a one-winged dove, just out of reach. It sings a song, sounds like it's singing, ooh, baby, ooh. I said ooh. Uh, so please use the code. Go ahead and use the Amazon code to go to out there and buy a bunch of things on Amazon because we get money that you get money, you get stuff. And then you're getting stuff anyway, so why not give us a taste of it? It doesn't cost you anything. As my friend Brian Newton always says, don't cost nothing. So uh, so click through on our link and browse around. Hang out there at the Amazon store and find some cool-ass stuff for yourself, and then we get to take four cents off of it. Don't, aren't I worth four cents? Don't answer that. Uh, although our friend Mike thinks that I'm worth $3 a month on Patreon. That's right, because he's the goddamn best. Mike Hazen will tell you something. He's probably using the link right now. Uh, so that exists. Like I said, the Cameo app, Patreon, uh, MikeSchmidtComedy.com, of course, Seattle, 
Uh, please buy the tickets for that. Every all of this is the coolest. I, I won't, and I'll spare you the fucking driver's codes because some people are driving. Some people sign up, which is totally cool, and then they don't finish. And I get that because again, real life interferes and things like that. Uh, but I don't want to sully this fucking last show by telling you about Uber and Lyft. Fuck all that. Um, what I want to do is I want to thank you because it is uh, the final show of year ten. And, uh, and it's, it was a weird, it, it, look, it was a weird fucking year. I'm not going to lie to you. I should, I probably should have done this in the beginning of the show, but, uh, it was weird, man. We lost Lily early, you know, uh, it just, it turned out where she wasn't going to be involved in the show anymore. So then I had to dive into doing this by myself and that's a weird fucking thing. And that's, a, that's a choice I didn't want to make. And it's a show I didn't want to do. It's not that I didn't want to do it. It's just that I, it's more fun when you're making somebody laugh. I've talked about this on the air for, for the entire season, and I hope it wasn't too tiring. I hope it didn't wear you the fuck out by telling you all the shit that was going on in my fucking head. Uh, and, and some weeks it was a struggle. You know, some weeks the show didn't come out until Friday. Uh, some, some weeks the show didn't come out until Thursday afternoon. And, and you guys were always gracious and always nice. And look, I probably lost some listeners. I'm not going to lie to you. I, I probably had some people bail on me, and that makes sense. Um, you know, I got political sometimes this, this year and I know, I've, I know for sure that cost me listeners and it cost me friends on Facebook and it cost me, um, people because it, you know, I, they just got tired of me telling them what I thought. And I understand that it happens, man. You know, and, and, um, it's just easier for me to notice cause we're, we're a smaller group. You know what I mean? We're more of a gang. Like I've always said, it's not a fan club. It's a, it's a friend club or a gang really. Uh, so when, when someone who I've interacted with several times, many times disappears, I, I see it. And the funny thing is Facebook will do that thing where they rub your face in it. Like three years ago, this person was, it commented on some things and I'm like, Hey, I haven't heard from that person in a while. And then you click on their page, you realize they're not your friend anymore. And I'm like, ah, fuck, I lost them too. Um, but more of you stuck around than left, which is great. And uh, more new people showed up as well. I get notes all the time from people who have just started listening or discovered it on YouTube. Um, and, you know, I, I didn't do a lot of podcasts this year for people to discover me through. Uh, but but going forward, I would hope that that would be the thing that we would do. I'll talk more about year 11 on the other side of, uh, of the interlude. But, uh, but I want to thank you. As I've mentioned, it's, it's a heartfelt thank you because you've listened, you've stuck around, and you indulged me this year uh, when things were rough, man. I mean, my fucking head got in my way a lot of times. And... Uh, and I'm, I'm trying to be better and trying to, and I think, I think July 1st was a turning point for me when I mentioned it was a rebirth day personally, uh, professionally, you know, I've, I've, I've done very well. I'm, I'm, I'm getting, trying to get like seven, eight hours of sleep a night. I know these sounds like silly things, but they make sense. And, and I'm, I'm getting up by 10 in the morning, nine in the morning, you know, and, and living life like a normal human being and not staying up until six or seven, unless I'm driving on the weekend, in which case then it fucks my whole schedule up. But that's, that can't be uh, avoided right now because I need to drive, but I have goals for year 11. We'll talk about that in the first episode of year 11. But, uh, but, but year 10 was a year that for a while there, I actually considered like, I'm, I don't know if maybe I should just put some autopilot on and research the archives and put some old shows in here and, and, uh, and that was the thing where, where people pining for me to be the way I used to be or were people looking for me when I was good. Because I do think that sometimes. I'm like, you know what? Uh, my past was better. Year three, year four, year five. These were, these were great years. These were shows where I really uh, put out some fantastic shows and some great output. And, and I'm proud of it. But fuck it. I'm proud of year 10. I'm proud of this because you know what? Nobody can fucking do what I do. People do individual shows and things like that. And that's fine. I get that. If you do a show by yourself, that's cool. Um... But I, 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 do a, I do a show that's unique. I do a show by myself that nobody else can do. I do a show completely constructed off the top of my head. Now, should I have bits? Should there be structure? Probably. Uh, but I like to think, man, fuck it. I am. I'm consistently entertaining. I'm fucking gut punch funny. And I'm real. 
and I, I try to do the best I can and bring you whatever I can every time I open up the fucking microphone. And that was difficult this year sometimes, you know what I mean? And I got in my own head about a lot of things personally, and I got in my head about a lot of things professionally, and, and I wound up losing my way, but you guys were always there. You know, if my fucking my head went under the water, you guys reached out and grabbed my hand before I completely slipped away, and I appreciate that. And that, that includes, you know, all you know who you are. I'm not going to run down a roll call, but we talk about you guys all the time. We mention your names, and and there there were people who reached out. You know, Blind George still reaches out all the time via email. I just said I wasn't going to say names. I don't want to make anybody think that they're more special than anybody else. But everybody who's active on the Joker's page, everybody who's active via email, everybody who's on the Patreon page, everybody who listens to YouTube, everybody who's you know, showed up at the live streams, anybody who's bought a ticket to see me, anybody who's ever laughed once at anything I fucking said, thank you. Um, because that's all, this is all I want to do. I mean, I, I drive to fill in the gaps because I have to, because I haven't worked nearly hard enough. And I always do this thing where I reboot and I'm like, you know what? Year, year nine is going to be different. We, year, I can't wait for year eight to start. Boom. Um, but I really think that July 1st was a turnaround for me, you know, to, to embrace the fact that I need to make comedy my life. And I've done this fucking show for you guys a million times. And I've said these goddamn things a bunch of times and you guys have always been very supportive. And, and you also thankfully haven't pointed at me and laughed when I've backslid and, and, and not made the most of my time and not done the things I said I was going to do. You've, uh, you've found enough value in what I do to stick around. Uh, I always think that I'm going to lose you every week. I always think that I'm going to go and, and people are going to disappear and, uh, and you don't. And not only that, but you interact and you write and guys like Murph and guys like Dave Fogerson and these people reach out to me and the Zawakis and I mean, all you fucking people, Liana and, and Jamie and everybody, uh, you're just, you're just great as hell. And this year we started the little Schmitty's attaboy fit brigade, which I'm proud of. Uh, I haven't been as active, but you know what? Starting July 1st, I've been working out. I've been, I've been lifting. I'm, I'm going to post in there today. Uh, or not today, but I mean, you know, I'm saying today because you're hearing the podcast on Thursday, but there'll be a new post from me. I've already posted earlier in the week, I think. Um, I, I, I just, I, I'd like that to be something. I'd love for all of us to kind of get on board with that. I mean, I just, you know, I want to make our community uh, something that you are proud of, something that you want to be a part of all the time. Um, you know, and, and I've seen a lot of you guys have great improvements. Our, our friend Michelle uh, St. Louis is, is, you know, she's, she's traveling the world. I see her stuff on Facebook and I like it. Um, you know, Alexander Briggs and, and Laura, they had a baby. I mean, this, this is, it's fucking wild, man. I mean, you guys have been around forever. You know what I mean? I, like I said, I went to Jolene and, and, uh, and Mike's wedding this year. I mean, I just, we're friends. I mean, it's fucking cool as hell. And, and I think it's really great that we've found a way to be in each other's lives. And, uh, and I'm very, very grateful that you've, you've decided to share your lives with me and, uh, and I've done my best to share my life with you and, and will going forward. I, I, this year, like I said, there were challenges. There were times where I thought maybe I shouldn't do this anymore. Maybe 10 years is enough. Maybe I don't have anything left to say. Um, but I think I've been re-energized a bit. And, and, uh, like I said, July 1st rebirthday to take it seriously and to change who I was and change the approach, uh, you know, because we all need attaboys. We all need uh, a reason to move forward. You know, I was living my life for a few years there. I was living my life for somebody else. And I was trying to be the best I could be for that person. And I wanted them to uh, accept me. And I, I tried hard. And, and I uh, it cost me a little bit. You know what I mean? I, I think um, I think I shouldn't have done it that way. I, it's not even I think. I, I know I shouldn't have. Um, but, uh, but whatever. It, the, the point is, 
year 10 was a struggle, but you guys were always there to fucking pick me up and dust me off and go, fuck Mike, we love you. You're funny. And just be funny. Just be you. Cause that's why we show up here. Uh, and that's great. And, and you, you like, uh, you like me, <laughs> you really like me. You like that. I'm real. You like that. I, I, I tell you, I, I just, I just fucking talk. I've always said that for years and years, you know, it's talking at the speed of my head. I, I that's all I can do is talk. Well, um, if I'm talking and you're listening, that makes me happy. And as long as you're listening, I will always be talking. And, uh, and, yeah, and, and let's talk a little bit about the interlude next week. You know what? Fuck dudes. I went and worked at David's house. I didn't get to really talk too much about it. Uh, I, I am going to tell you that this is unbelievable. It is clearly the best work he's ever done. And it's because it, it's funny when you see somebody motivated about something, he, he came up with this idea. We were talking and it just, he, he fired it out there and I was like, well, that's a good idea. And in three days, I had like three songs. Uh, when he latches onto something, man, that motherfucker just makes it happen. And he, he outdid himself. You know, I, 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 I've loved all of the interludes. Uh, I, I think the Pink Floyd interlude is something that people always have as a touchstone. I loved the, the drones, of the uh, bees, drones of the brood chamber, which was all original music that he wrote. Uh, I love the one that we worked together right into the sound collages with the movies and it was uh, it was under the uber moon I believe I mean I just all of these interludes are fantastic and you can find them at YouTube now in the, in the show archives every year has the interlude at the end and uh, but I'm telling you the interlude is going to be called Schmitty Christ Superstar we've been advertising it on Facebook and uh, and it's going to knock it's going to fucking blow you away it's going to knock your dick in the dirt because I I couldn't believe it I mean I was listening to it and I, I had to you know I had to come in and I had to write some lyrics and I had to change things uh, a little bit and and uh, but you know, not much. I mean, literally he just, he's just fully fucking formed. You know, I, I rewrote one whole song and then he and I Frankensteined, uh, his lyrics with my lyrics. And then, you know, I improvised a lot of stuff in some songs, but, but, but the music, he plays it. It's, I just, it's phenomenal. I'll probably talk more about it the week one of year 11, but Jesus next week, you have no idea what you're in for. I mean, I, I, I sometimes I can overkill things and I'll hype stuff and I'll be like, Oh, you're not going to believe it. Or, Oh, this is so great. Or, and, uh, and I'm always truthful because I do believe those things. I don't lie. I mean, I tell you exactly how I feel. The thing is you guys don't feel the same way. Like the Holland album. I told you guys about the Holland album and all I heard from everybody is like, this is run of the mill fucking eighties metal. I'm like, God damn it. I loved it. Um, because you love what you love, but I am here telling you right now that you will be astonished next week, uh, by the interlude because I, I was, I mean, I heard it and I was participating in it and I, I was, uh, I'm proud of it. And I didn't even, you know, I, I did what I did. I'm proud of my part of it, but just, I'm proud to know David for him doing that. It's fucking astonishing. So next week it's going to be so great. So, um, I'm excited for you guys to hear the interlude next week. I'm excited for you guys to see all the changes in the Twitch channel, everything that's coming in year 11, um, the new website, all the stuff that we have. And, uh, and I'm just excited to talk to you guys because like I said, if you're listening, I'm talking. Uh, and now we got to do that part of the show where I talk while the music comes up and then we just kind of talk in circles until it ends. And, uh, you know, I was going to try to do that right there, but I can't, I can't do it. It just seemed phony. It seemed disingenuous there. Uh, the point is the interlude is going to be amazing. Year 10 was great. Uh, mainly because you guys made it great. You helped me through, you fucking were there. You, you hands across America and Canada and all you motherfuckers. You, you picked me up and dusted me off and you made it work. And thank you. Thank you so much. And I hope you'll join me for year 11 and 12 and 13 and 14 and 15 and 16 and 17 and 18 probably stop it
nothing lonelier than being trapped inside yourself. It's easier to hide when you pretend you're the nice. Women love a guy with a giant neck.